all the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, you're going to call us racist, you're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's, fuck you. Good evening, fellas. Hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Great to have you here this uh, late uh, evening. Well, late for being us. Usually we stream around maybe 5, maybe as late as 7. Uh, it is uh, 20 minutes past 10 p.m. East, uh, 10 p.m. <coughs> on the East Coast time, that is. Uh, as you can hear, I'm tired already. It's, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing. What's going on? Um, was up early, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, did the show, of course, a 314 show. Uh, earlier today, we recorded that, got that up on the website, and then CNN tapes stuff broke. And I've had a pile of stuff lying around about the election fraud update. So I thought, eh, let's just, let's come on. Let's uh, let's do a live stream and just uh, hang out for a bit. But uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for tuning in. Uh, and as I said, if you missed that, check out the latest 314. <clears throat> an interview with Scott Howard uh, that Lana did on the transgender industrial complex. Very interesting stuff. Uh, pertinent stuff, too, actually. Uh, connects with the, well, with the Great Reset, with not only the transgender agenda, but the transhumanist uh, agenda. So very, um, very thoughtful, very good. Uh, seems like a really good book, too. Uh, the uh, t- same title as, as this show. So check that out. All right, boys and girls, what else do we have got going on here? Uh, I guess we should just uh, dive into things. Let's see a chat here. Did the Weekend Warrior post yet? No, we j- we had to jump. We have to skip that. Uh, was that T-Bear who pro- uh, posted that? Yeah, T-Bear. Uh, no, we did not uh, post that because we had some visitors over Thanksgiving the weekend, uh, and we decided to hang out with them instead. But, of course, in the, as a, to make up for that, we did a members-exclusive uh, video. Uh, on the Sunday with uh, with Lana, so check that out. It's called uh, "Problems with Young Liberal People Today." Uh, top uh, top left corner, right there. So check that out. Uh, members exclusive, only for members. Uh, and then we also are going to do some member exclusive streams. Uh, that's coming up, and of course uh, the programming as usual. Lana has another couple of videos lying around, so we'll, we're going to get work to the, on those as quickly as possible. Uh, but yeah, so today here we're going to focus on. Uh, the CNN tapes leak from Project Veritas, and it's, it's I mean, we have to, it's fun to see these people squirm, right? I mean, the, we have to admit that this, the, <laughs> they are, they're so dishonest, so disgusting uh, in the reporting. Are you going to, are you going to get the whole truth and nothing but the truth from, from a Project Veritas? Um, no, but you're going to get uh, an awful lot more than you would get on some of these mainstream channels. Uh, it's uh, some of it a little uh, theatrical and kind of, Overproduced in some ways, sure. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have delivered some of the things, uh, you know, that they've done in, in that way and so forth. But whatever. I mean, we take what we can get. It's, it's definitely better than anything of the nonsense and garbage that we get uh, on mainstream. And the fact is, these uh, media outlets need to be exposed. And uh, I think I have the tweet here later too. As someone said, um, now do now do Fox News, right? And and then you will work your way you know, down or up or you know whatever direction you want to you want to talk about that. But uh, so basically, as far as I understand the situation, they are trying to or they're going to, I should say, release 
uh, more and more audio tapes. I, I think every day leading up to uh, to Christmas Eve or, or throughout December, I guess they're making it into kind of a uh, an, like an advent calendar. You guys remember those? You used to love those uh, growing up in Sweden. You open a, you call it a hatch? Is that what you call it? Uh, a hatch, one each day, right? And in some of them, there's chocolates, and some of them are just, you know, tells a story or something like that, right? Uh, so that's, I guess, is the the delivery method here through the next uh, few days. Um, yeah, Jeff Jeff Sucker, eh? <laughs> he's a beaut of a man. Um, so here's so James, we could just dive into it right here. And uh, boys and girls, I will uh, take if there's anybody over on Entropy Stream, I can link that up. Uh, EntropyStream.live forward slash Red Eyes TV. You have the Link up in the top corner there. Uh, also, dlive.tv forward slash Red Eyes TV if you want to join us there. Uh, and I'll read your super chats if you have any comments on some of the stuff we're going to watch here tonight. And we appreciate the support, uh, as always. We do need it uh, badly at this point uh, since we were uh, banned from uh, another payment processor. Uh, recently, we lost all our recurring subscriptions. So if you do like what we do, head on over to RedEyesMembers.com right now and sign up for a membership with us because that's really the best way to support us. We need you guys to come back and continue to support us so we can keep the lights on around here. Not only that, continue to grow, continue to expand, uh, and do all the things that we are dreaming of doing when it comes to actually forming a truly competitive media company that can actually uh, do some real damage. Obviously, we've done enough damage so that we have uh, what seems like dedicated groups that are uh, <laughs> monitoring everything we're doing, uh, trying to shut down every, every payment process that we have. This is the third or fourth one, I think, now. Uh, so they don't like what we do. They, and that's for a reason. It's not an accident, right? Uh, anyway, so let's dive into it here. So yeah, basically, Gems O'Keefe uh, had basically been listening to or tapping into. I'm not sure how. He has some insider on the inside. that probably gave him a number or something uh, on CNN. They have these 9 a.m. morning calls uh, that, they, that they do to kind of direct things. Where do we go? What do we talk about? What do we not talk about and stuff? And there's not a you know, just an, an explosive amount of material out just yet. But I thought we could take a look at what has come out so far uh, as we surely will continue to cover this ahead here. Uh, but so well, why don't we check out the first uh, the first video that they released regarding this. It was a Periscope stream when they were calling uh, or basically revealed, I guess, that they had the phone number, right? Uh, let me pull this up here. Let's check out this video here, Periscope. You're hey, Jeff Zucker, you there? Hey, this is James O'Keefe. Uh, we've been listening to your CNN calls for basically two months, uh, recording everything. Um, just wanted to ask you some questions, if you have a minute. Um, do you still feel you're the most trusted name in news? Because I have to say, from what I've been hearing on these phone calls, I don't know about that. I mean, we've got a lot of recordings that indicate you're not really that uh, independent of a, of a journalist. Okay. Um, thank you for... Uh, thank you for... Uh, your comments. Um, so everybody, in light of that, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll set up a, a, a new system and we'll uh, we'll be back with you. We'll do the rest of the call uh, a little bit later. We're going to okay? release those recordings today at seven o'clock. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye -bye. So um, you just heard me talk to uh, uh, the president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, and inform him that um, uh, that we are going to release uh, a number of recordings today. Uh, I unmuted myself into the conference line, and they're still on there. They're listening to me right now. Uh, this is being live streamed for those of you still on the call. Um, and uh, we've recorded for a while, and we have 
clips of various okay. producers talking, the president talking, describing uh, their motives, describing uh, their political philosophy, describing how they don't cover certain things and certain political parties tell them to cover things a certain way. Lots of little clips that takes us into the minds and hearts of our people, the powers that be, that inform us because government is downstream from media. So we're going to be releasing these tapes thanks to one of our sources, one of our brave insiders has given us this information. And um, as you can see, they're still milling about on the call. They're listening to me right now. They have to, quote, change their system uh, and get a different dial-in, I guess, now because we've compromised the dial-in. Project Well, Veritas I guess you need to change the channel, huh? I've changed the number, huh? Is that Zucker there? Store six again. You're unmuted. Hey, Jeff, you still there? Yeah. They're still on there. Yeah, so we don't want to change the channel, really. We want to stay on the channel. Um, we think it's important for the American people to, to know how you make the sausage, right? How you, to quote Noam Chomsky, manufacture consent. You know, consent should not be manufactured. It should be informed. People should be an informed populace to make informed decisions. So there you have it, folks. Um, live streaming the CNN 9 a.m. conference call. It was abruptly ended when James O'Keefe... Thanks for using the AT&T teleconferencing service. AT&T. Isn't that the company that Zucker is being fired from? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they abruptly ended the conference call when I dialed in. <clears> Zucker uh, sausage. That's right. Unfortunately for them, we've been <laughs> for a while. So um, what else can I say? There's not much else to say. I, I think I think my message to you for those watching the live stream is... Get ready, because tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we're going to start releasing these little little tapes, little clips, little clips, little audio bits of Zucker, the president. Who calls it? Uh, Chalian? David Chalian, yeah. vice president. Stephanie Becker. Stephanie Becker. Um, what's the name? Marcus Mabry. Marcus Mabry. Who's the other man that made the comments about, um, that we recorded about um, white supremacy? That was Mez Mabry. Marcus Mabry yeah. made some comments. And... Uh, you know, we'll be airing those for all to hear and see. And it's important that we hold accountable the mainstream media. The, me the media has to be held to account. They are hurting the American people with their lies, their innuendo, their slander, their defamation, their hyperbole. Um, and uh, I think Mr. Zucker is shaking in his boots right now. I think he's very afraid of what might be coming. So I don't really know what else to say, guys. I mean, content is king. And um, we were trying to live stream the beginning of the call, but we didn't know when Zucker was going to, to come in and, and interject and, and, uh, and, and ask the question. So we just sort of got there. We sort of got in just in the Nice. Time. Good timing, then. What else? More insiders. Yeah, more insiders. More insiders. Thank you to the brave insider who supplied us the information for the call. Um, Veritas tips at protonmail.com. Stay tuned. What's the hashtag? CNN tapes. Stay tuned. Hashtag CNN tapes released today. Multiple installments every day, each day this week. It's going to be great. Um, this is going to be a great thing. It's going to be a great thing for our republic and for our democracy to have the media being held accountable. Yeah, we need that's true. Need to account. Stay tuned. Hashtag CNN tapes tonight, 7 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, so again, it's, you know, James O'Keefe can be a bit uh, cringy, 
Uh, again, th th there's kind of overlaps with conservative ink and stuff like that with these boys. But, you know, again, we'll take what we can. we got to begin somewhere, right? Anyway, I saw just Purist777 uh, just sent a ninjet. Holy, holy smokes, man. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for all the donation, guys. I really appreciate it. Very, very, uh, very kind of you. Uh, but thank you, Purist. That's, uh, that's nuts as usual. Uh, he says just, oh, seven, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, same to you, sir. Hail to you, uh, <laughs> Purist. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Let me do a couple of these other ones. And then we'll dive into some of the stuff that's come out here today. A couple of, uh, you know, again, we just got to put it in context in terms of what CNN has done themselves, their techniques and all this kind of stuff. It, it's it's so disgusting, right? And they're just, uh, I mean, they're just furious right now and, and uh, trying to seek, seek, I guess, law enforcement on James O'Keefe. We'll, we'll cover that in a moment here. Uh, Skaggs with a diamond. Uh, three diamonds. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, and before, uh, right after that, Purus, yeah, Purus sent a, uh, a lemon, an ice cream, a diamond, a ninja guinea, and then a ninja. Thank you again, Purus. That's very kind of you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm gay up with a ninja guinea as well. No message. Thank you. Uh, I'm gay up again with one, two, three diamonds. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, so let's watch some of the other ones here, too. I'm going to open one window at a time here, guys. So thank you for bearing with me here. But, uh, yeah, so here's, uh, I guess, one of the earliest updates after that periscope uh, that was made. So check this out here. Going through all these, like, hundreds of hours of Jeff Zucker's phone calls at CNN here. Good morning, everybody. Just so much tape. So much tape. Good morning. Okay, uh, obviously, uh, we have um, an incredible story. Uh, on our hands. We sure do. And we're going through all this tape and we're putting it in the timeline. We're listening to uh, uh, Zucker talking to his staff, assigning assigning projects, talking about politics. lot to go through. Uh, what's the hashtag, Eric? CNN tapes. CNN tapes. Hashtag CNN tapes on the website is? ExposeCNN.com. ExposeCNN.com, where our, our staff is hard at work. Uh, going through all these phone calls that Jeff Zucker unfortunately had. Uh, there was someone who kind of leaked to us a lot of these things. So there, there may be a mole in your midst. Nice. Get ready. More to come. It's gotta be. It's, I mean, it's gotta drive them mad. You know, it's just. Oh, it's so sweet. After all this bullshit, I mean, and I mean, keep in mind again, like everything. Not only CNN does this, right? But um, just the the tactics that they use, the lives that they are helping to destroy when they are talking about whether it's misconstrued information or them them themselves talking about leaked information, right? Uh, or using profiles has been built. I mean, just an anecdote. I mean, we had one of our like old neighbors uh, comes over the other day. Actually, this is a while ago. This is a while ago, so I shouldn't say the other day. But one day he came over, and uh, you know they're sitting watching CNN, and all of a sudden they see their neighbors uh, on CNN, <clears throat> and they're talking about how what uh, white supremacists we are and neo Nazis and all this kind of nonsense, right? And at least the guy had the decency to come over and like, and again, not that I owe him an answer, but I'm ha I'm happy to talk, right? But this the, the irresponsibility in how they can make and make and and break uh, people, uh, they can destroy reputations, they can get them to, and, and again, I mean, one of the reasons why we're banned off of everywhere 
um, especially as we as a media company can't basically take credit card payments online. Uh, is because this profile that the mainstream media has built on us. I mean, it initiates with Antifa activists, but then that's reinforced by the media. And then that goes on the Wikipedia pages and, oh, okay, you're you're neo-Nazis now, you're white supremacists. Uh, you're you're encouraging all this kind of nonsense, right? You're encouraging violence and, and bullshit like this. And, and they're part of that machine. They're part of that network of just uh, the mainstream media, how they can just churn out people and destroy people, right? So now... We're in a time of revelations. Things are coming out. The truth always will 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 get out. I think one way or another. Might not be mass consumed, but it it tends to always come out in some form or another, right? And so now things are starting to happen to them. That happens to to other people or what they do to others. And it's like at least my neighbor had the again had the decency to just talk, you know, ask me about it and like, well, okay, what is this or. Um, and I'm happy to, to talk, and it's like, oh well, but this is what I believe, and it's like, oh okay, well that's uh, that, that's not <laughs> that's not what I uh, that's not what I heard when I watched uh, CNN, you know, kind of thing. And and it was some I forget the segment. It was something in passing, you know what I mean? Um, but this is the disgusting nature of these mainstream media companies. Not I mean, that, this is just us and a small thing and a small you know small item. Uh, but look at uh, how they treat people like you know Trump, and, and and even if you're not a fan of him, I think you can recognize just the the insane uh, Trump derangement syndrome that we've seen and, and just the, the, the lies and the spin and the insanity, right? But here's what CNN Communications said to the, uh, the little uh, periscope that went out there. Legal experts say this may be a felony. Uh, we've referred it to law enforcement, <laughs> which is just like, <clears throat> of course, of course, right? Uh, but yeah, CNN meets CNN, uh, as I said, rules for thee, but not for me. Uh, when they, you know, published uh, Melania, the tapes, right, listening in and getting whistle whistleblowers on the inside and all this stuff. And they all do this. The Atlantic do this. Uh, they all do this. And I thought we could, as a reminder, you guys remember this one? I played it a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. When, well, let's just play it. I mean, talking about, like, truth and reputation and bonds of, you know, trust and shit like that. Look, look at this here. I think this is the whole thing. Yeah, it's a minute long. Check this out. This is this is what CNN want us to believe that they are, right? Our trust has been broken in our leaders, in our institutions, even with some of our friends. And we are hurting. Now more than ever, we need each other to listen, to learn from one another, to rebuild those bonds. Because trust shows that we believe in the good in each other. It's what makes us human. And when we trust one another, that is when we can truly achieve great things. The most trusted name in news. That's right, CNN, ladies and gentlemen. Here you go. <clears throat> That's what they want us to believe about them. And they have a text here. Our trust has been broken in our leaders, institutions, and even some of our friends. I'm sure they're talking about, what, um, Trump supporters or something? Well, guess who broke that trust? Well, you guys did. Now it's coming back to bite your ass. 
uh, in multiple ways. And of course, this is I, I think this is only just also scratching the surface, right, in terms of what they have done over the years. Uh, I mean, we could go back as far as, remember the the green screen bullshit, right, when they were like, uh, we were here in uh, Dubai, and maybe I can find it later, but it's just stuff that comes to me as I'm, as I'm realizing, you know, the history of like CNN and stuff like that, all the bullshit stuff that they've done over the years and, and, and fake reporting and even the Russia stuff, even the, was it Van Jones came out and said it was a nothing burger, but all the, the Russia delusion and stuff like that, at least the par portions of what they covered, right? Uh, but anyway, so there are some more uh, things that come out here. Check this one out. Uh, about an hour ago, this was posted. Check this out here. On the 9 a.m. conference calls every morning at CNN, their top leadership views their competition, Fox News and Tucker Carlson in particular, as racist and misinformed. Roll the tape. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you're going to talk about the story, I think it's unavoidable that you have to talk about the naked racism of Tucker Carlson. Because that's really what drove this anti-diversity push. You know, Trump watches Tucker Carlson's show and then reacts. Um, and just as sort of the white supremacy hour they have on Fox News every night, uh, I think <laughs> it's Trump did last night, for anybody who watches Fox News, he was just airing all of the grievances he hears on Fox News every night. And that's all he did. <laughs> Fox. There we go. So, the, you know, again, the problem is Tucker Carlson, white supremacy. And so the guy, is he trying to pretend? Listen to that again. He's trying to pretend. I mean, they, 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 they will never understand that Americans, and this is, of course, true of, you know, all over the West now, Europeans. Why the hell would? Why the hell don't they want to be replaced? Why don't they want to make their kids minorities in their own countries, hated and resented minorities? Listen to that again here. Yeah, I was just gonna say, if you're gonna talk about the story, I think it's unavoidable that you have to talk about the naked racism of Tucker Carlson, because that's really what drove this anti-diversity push. You know, Trump watches Tucker Carlson. Anti drove this anti-diversity <laughs> diversity push. <clears throat> Like, uh, no, that's been happening for quite a few years, but you're so detached, so uh, lost in your ivory tower, your, 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 your marble halls up there that you don't understand what people on the ground really feel. This is how out of, out of touch they are. They still, don't, they, they, don't, they still don't know what Trump was or why that happened. They don't understand the discontent. They, they, they think this showed up out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever despite the fact that they've been pushing their garbage down our throats for decades, right? These kinds of people, not only in the media, uh, everywhere, right? Um, let me see. Let me pull this up here. Yeah, someone sent a link there. I think I had, let me see if that's the one we have. Uh, Trump retweeted. I think it might be this one. No, this is another one. Okay, let's check this one out first. Okay. Jeff Zucker, president of CNN, explains to his editorial team on the 9 a.m. call that we recorded that they should, quote, lean in to not normalizing Trump's erratic behavior. Listen to this. Okay, I, I just want to reemphasize that, uh, you know, I, I think we we cannot normalize what has happened here uh, in the last week with Trump and his behavior. And I, I go back to what David said, David Chalian said, that this is a president who knows he's losing, who knows he's in trouble, uh, is sick, maybe is uh, on, on uh, the after effects of steroids or not, I don't know. But he is acting erratically and desperately. And we, we need to, uh, 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 we need to, we need to not normalize that. 
you know, this is what <laughs> we've come to expect uh, for the last three and a half years, four years. But it clearly is exacerbated by uh, the time that we're in and the issues that he's dealing with. And I think that we cannot just let let it be normalized. He is all over the place and acting erratically. And I think we need to lean into that. The, 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 the Trump media, uh, you know, moves immediately from, okay, well, never mind that unmasking was, you know, uh, found to be completely nonsensical to, to the latest uh, uh, alleged scandal and uh, expect everybody to just follow suit. So uh, I, I don't think that we should be repeating unsubstantiated Do you ever? If we've made any mistake, it's that our banners have been too uh, polite, and and we need to go well after Lindsey Graham. <laughs> There's a ton going on. Well, uh, thank you. They can do that. I'm okay with going after Lindsey Graham, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it's the point, right? It's the, uh, it's how biased they are, and how, just how dirty they are in their in their tactics, and how one sided they are, and all that shit. And so you know, even <laughs> even though I don't like Lindsey Graham, it's good that this shit is coming out, right? So that's some of the samples of some of the stuff that's coming out here. But again, it's about the dis- <laughs> it's about about the dishonesty here. It's incredible, right? Now this one, uh, that's right. I don't think we played this one yet. Uh, Trump ended up retweeting this one too. Suppression media, I said. Um, yeah, let's listen to this here. I don't think we heard this one yet. CNN says on Jeff Zucker's 9 a.m. editorial conference call how they, the Democratic Party, powerful interest groups may determine how CNN will cover Trump not conceding the presidential election. I just want to underscore something that Michael said earlier about the transition and Trump, because I've been talking to a lot of people this morning on both sides, and I just keep hearing the same thing. I'm sorry, but Jamie Gangle? Is Is that how you pronounce that? Gangle? Jamie Gangle? Uh, sounds like ganglion or something like that. Things ...who have not come out to congratulate Biden, but uh, but also to those who have in the Democrats. And that is that we have to be, you know, news organizations have to be very careful and very responsible about not giving Trump too much of a platform on his not conceding because they feel the transition can go forward and you know other than the national security briefings which are critical to start now Ferengi yeah that's uh, right old master it's like a Ferengi don't want us to exaggerate that Trump isn't leaving 
office, and I'm going to have a lot of specific reporting on that later today, but just big picture, wanted to underscore what Michael had said. Yeah, agreed. On the issue of why it's important to get the transition going right, um, the 9-11 report talks about one of the problems was that this, the, 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 the trouble that was brewing got lost during the transition. So if you want a good concrete example of what happens when you don't have a good transition, go look at the Twin Towers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I think right. that's an important point. Um, uh, I think it was discussed a little bit yesterday in terms of national security. I think it's really uh, important to raise again. I, I would I would encourage folks to think about, you know, that 9-11 commission report and the lack of transition. I'm sorry, are they saying that 9-11 happened because there was problem in the transition from, uh, was that Bill Gates over to George W. Bush? Am I missing someone there, guys? That was Bill Gates, wasn't that uh, all the way up to 2000? And then it was uh, uh, George W. Bush taking, uh, taking office in 2001, right? They're saying that, I mean, so they're, they're talking themselves into kind of this how like what because of what we do with the pressure that we put on you know an, an administration uh yeah clinton to bush right that it was was it clinton to bush yeah um that, that if we can put the pressure on these uh, on the administration or the president then then you know we'll make sure that tra that the transition is smooth and stuff like that i mean the, the media are the ones that are causing 90% of of like the upheaval and just madness that's happening uh in America and all, all, all around the world really right now, right? Because of their dishonesty, all the just inseparable, uh, I mean, divisions that have occurred have just been exacerbated by the lies in the mainstream media, right? And and they see themselves as peacemakers. And if it wasn't for us, it would be much worse and stuff like that. And then do, they do things which is completely opposite. But that's kind of an interesting uh, little telltale I guess giveaway right there. Like in nine, it's it's basically we're preventing another nine eleven. Now keep in mind too, we'll we'll talk about the election fraud. Some of the updates from that a little bit later. Uh, I spent uh, was it Monday uh, where we had the hearings in Arizona. I watched the whole thing uh, on RSBN. Very some very interesting things that came out of there. I think we have one clip from one guy from there uh, later. But I mean, keep in mind the media too was you know the, the whole coup they were witnessing right now, ongoing coup happened, of course, in conjunction with, of course, not only the Democratic Party and the establishment, but it happened with the media companies, the big media companies uh, and social media, too. Uh, but they are the ones who are basically making the potential transition or the problem where there, there are even people have been talking about this idea that it might be like two, the two presidents that basically. Well, however this goes, if Trump managed to pull this off, we will we'll still see the windows closing, obviously. Uh, but if he does pull it off, they will, they will move ahead with they like they will move ahead with Biden, and that's just gonna that's gonna report they're gonna reporting on now. It's you know, and then Trump is gonna be. I mean, it's the media has been part of the whole coup, uh, and they have planted these ideas and these seeds early on to say, well, you know, when he loses, because because of course it's obvious that he will lose, uh, then he's not gonna leave office. So even if he does fight legally and win, or if he do does things constitute. There's still a couple of paths, you know, in that direction, such as stalling, right? If things are just up, you know, uh, doesn't get certified, it's upheld, 
that basically will go over to, to a different uh, rule set. I guess that's part of the, you know, that's constitutional. It's not like illegal or anything like that. Uh, but it could be up to each state to basically have one representative. And right now there's more Republican states that there are than there are Democrats. So presumably they would vote Trump into office and stuff like that. These are, you know, some of the options that are out there right now. Um, but they, but they're, they've been part of kind of, of setting the stage for months early, you know, with the red mirage bullshit that they took, took up. And if it's like CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, they've been like spearheading this shit. Right. Uh, and then the social media companies, like they censor and enforce this, uh, on their terms and say, this is disputed and all that stuff. Right. Uh, anyway, so Brett here. Uh, donated a diamond and said, I'd love to see CNN crash and burn. Yeah, wouldn't we all? I mean, and soon they, they have to, right? I mean, they have to. Uh, it is so disgusting, right, in terms of what they have what they have done, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, sorry, I start playing here. Sorry, let me close that off so we don't do that again. <clears throat> okay, uh, yeah, so I have a couple of clips later on the election fraud and stuff like that too. Uh, Lord Aragon with the diamond says, getting crazy out there. Yeah, indeed. Stay stay safe. Thank you, Lord Aragon. Appreciate it. Uh, Conrad Curse with the diamond says, fuck mainstream media. We have red eyes. That's right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, there is really no need uh, for the mainstream media anymore. They are shooting themselves in the foot, and it is glorious uh, to witness it and watch it. All right. So, yeah, did we play this? Let me see if we play this. Don't normalize Trump. I think we maybe we play that one. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, we played we play that one. I wanted to show this because, you know, not only CNN, but other media companies have kind of reported on, you know, Biden was choo choosing. Maybe we should play that. Uh, he, so he's choosing picks right now, you know. And so the Treasury, I think we should play that a as a way to show you how the mainstream media frames certain things, right? How they, uh, how they basically, uh, let me see if I can open this here. Yeah, basically how they frame uh certain things so biden went on to pick uh janet yellen janet yellen as the as the treasury uh head of the treasury right let me pull this up here and i can show you that too and it's also the, related to like this headline that we see right uh over here right here where obama you know they're talking about like with a biden in office this is, what, this is the point i'm trying to make sort of rambling here uh with a Biden, it will be like restored to normal, right? It will be like, we will be respected again around the world. And it's like, and, I, and that's the line here from one of the, these mainstream media companies. It's like adults are, are like back, back in office again, right? Let me play this here. I didn't plan to play this, but it just, it, it occurred to me. Check out this here. Uh, so this is about uh, President Biden names senior members of, the, of his economic team. Look, and yes, it's not CNN, but the the, the toner, the tenor, the tone, the delay, all of it is this is the same, you know, framed in the same way. That's like Trump was a was a child uh, in in the office, at, and and now we're getting now we're getting war hawks, and now it's serious again. Now we're getting we're getting all these neocons back in office, and you know, Trump certainly did some of that, but you know, again, I I, I think <laughs> as we will see, I think if Biden gets in. Uh, it's going to change a lot of things, unless you're held back, of course, you know, by uh, still due to those two runoff races in Georgia. Maybe they will control the Senate. Maybe how, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, check this out and, and you get an idea of how they how they view this. Right. Listen to this. 
President-elect Joe Biden is officially announcing nominees for his economic team at an event tomorrow afternoon. Mr. Biden is naming Janet Yellen as his pick to lead the Treasury Department. Yellen would... Former chair of the Fed, right? The Federal Reserve. This is, you know, this is like literally like the, one of the biggest enemies of the people, right? And it's like this... I, you, you'll see it. I, I'm going to stop talking here. But it's like the way that these dweebs, like these 25-year-olds... Uh, speech writers to Obama show up and talk about no, now the adults are are back in control again of the country. Listen to this. Would be the first woman in the role if confirmed by the Senate. She has previously broken the glass ceiling at the Federal Reserve, <sighs> where she became the first woman to chair the National Bank in 2014. <sighs> the president-elect is also naming other senior economic mm. officials. He is selecting Cecilia Rouse as the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. Rouse is an economist serving as dean of the Princeton School of Public and International Affairs. Neera Tandon is Mr. Biden's pick for director of the Office of Management and Budget. She has worked for several Democratic campaigns and is currently president of the Center for American Progress, a liberal think tank. Yeah, very, very good stuff. president-elect also breaking ground with his communications team. His Holy entire senior staff in that department will be led by women. At the this is going to be amazing. <laughs> Look at that. Look at the wars. I mean, again, I, I, I hope... And I almost pray that, like, can will can Trump please have four more years, and we cannot do this right now? Can we not do this right now? Can we wait a little bit with this this insanity that's going to occur here? Simone Sanders, uh, senior advisor and chief spokesperson for the vice president, you know, just Kamala Harris, and then her. Uh, anyway, forefront will be Jennifer. Sotti. And it's this idea too, like with women, there won't be any. There will be world peace with women. You're going to see more more bullshit than ever uh, if these people end up controlling the levers of, uh, of power. As the White House press secretary, she's a former White House communications director under President Obama. Mr. Biden's communication director will be Kate Bedingfield. She served as the president-elect's deputy campaign manager. For more analysis on the transition, I want to bring in David Litt. He's a former Check speech writer for President Obama, and he is the author of Democracy. David Litt. That's right. It's, uh, David Litt. Check, check out his, uh, <clears throat> some of his takes here on this. In one book or less, how it works, why it doesn't, and why fixing it is easier than you think. Oh, good. David, yeah. welcome. So great to have you with us. I, I, would uh, guess, we'll I, I guess it would be something like, we can just kill the people we don't like. We, let's just put them in camps. Just take get rid of the uh, the dissenters and uh, you're good to go. In just a second, and I'm so glad to hear that democracy is easier to fix than a lot of us of worry about. Oh, That's good news. Uh, but first, let's talk about Mr. Biden's picks for his senior economic team. What is this? Can we talk about Hunter Biden's dick picks? Can we, can we talk about them too? No, no. Okay. Signal to you about his plan to rebuild the economy during and after the pandemic. Well, thank you for having me on, Tanya. And the thing that I think is most important to recognize with these picks for the economic team from the incoming Biden administration is that they are really focused on finding the best people for the jobs, making sure that government sure. reflects the diversity of America. Yep. But when you look at um, someone like a Janet Yellen, who is respected not just among liberals, among Democrats, but really from all sides of the political spectrum. <laughs> this is... This is this is what they this is what they want. This is the official. 
the official, like you've entered the halls of, of officialdom, and it's just wheel out a, a Janet Yellen, right, former Fed chair, and and we're and we're and we're good again. We're back. We're back to go. Uh, we're ready to uh, to tackle the world again, ladies and gentlemen. You see this over and over again with these picks. He's picking people who will move the country in the direction he promised on the campaign trail, but also people who are deeply respected as experts in their fields Respect. and as competent individuals who can get the job done. And, here we and go. I think after four years of uh, nepotism and corruption from the Trump administration, it's a relief from a lot of quarters, uh, maybe more quietly in Republican circles than and loudly in Democratic ones. But there's a sense of relief that the government will be run by grownups again. <sighs> That's right. Government will be run like <laughs> be run by grownups again. <clears throat> unlike unlike you, little boy, who was part of like being a speechwriter to Obama, Th this is this is how they view this. And it was like, have, have things been perfect under Trump? No, certainly not. But the, but this that there that there is a clear adversarial relationship here between the establishment and the media and what Trump tried tried to do. Could he have done better on some things? Absolutely. Could it be you know? But again, he didn't he didn't give them another war. This has been a huge issue uh, for them. Right right at the end right at the end now he's trying to. You know, fully pull out of the Pentagon, uh, pull out of Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff. And same thing there. Should have been done sooner. He should have acted sooner. All the election fraud that's coming out. Did you guys didn't do anything about this? I mean, I, I know they're busy. That they're like busy running a, uh, one of the biggest economies in the world in a big country. They can't just run around and look at well, how how is this election thing going to work in 2020? But at the same time, uh, he's the president. Can't he do something about these things? Look into the integrity. I, I don't know. This is still unresolved. Things might there might be still aces up, uh, you know, uh, his sleeve and stuff. We'll have to see. But again, the point is, the, these these baby face uh, Democrat speechwriters are like finally the adults are controlling things again, right? You couldn't get more establishment puppets. And again, you, you get like the, from the neocons to conservative ink and stuff. They're all like just lining up uh, to this. Speaking of Janet Yellen, check out this clip too, by the way. Uh, this is some amazing stuff. She's very, uh, I guess it's very Biden-esque what she's doing but here. Uh, let me pause for a moment here. Prefaces. She's speaking at the uh, University of Massachusetts. Uh, and all of a sudden, some weird things started start happening. L listen to this here. Turn and the uh, influence of lower energy prices and inflation below our goal. I expect this to occur as the temporary factors that are currently weighing on inflation wane, provided that economic growth continues to be strong enough to complete the return of the economy to full employment and to I'm not pausing this. This is running. You can hear the audio, right? The white noise in the background. I'm not pausing. To return to full employment and long-run expectations remain well anchored. And long-run expectations. <laughs> what's, what's happening here? Can we get an explanation of this, please? 
to return to full employment and long-run expectations remain well anchored. For most FOMC participants, including myself, um, we currently anticipate that achieving these conditions will likely entail an increase in the federal funds rate later this year. Yeah, someone said adrenochrome wearing off, right? I don't know what's going on here, but this is the weirdness of these kinds of uh, establishment puppets. I, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Again, I didn't intend to cover that, but I, I remember it. I had it saved from earlier. And it's like, this this is the people that they're bringing back now. And like, you know, Trump is sounds here. And I, and I mentioned, I'm bringing this up again from like the mainstream media, you know, kind of context that now it's serious again. Now it's, <clears throat> you know, it's, 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 uh, it's official again. Now it's good. Same thing with Obama, right? So uh, Biden ran you know, under, um, or Biden was vice president, I should say, under, under Obama, right? Uh, check out this clip here. Um, Obama casually admits his drone strike killed an inordinate amount of in innocent civilian. But this is, the CNNs are the ones that are literally dragging us into wars, killing, murdering millions of people, right? Because of these people's lies. It's It's not just that they destroy someone's reputation. I mean, that's that's petty and that's small-ish. It's still wrong and it should be pointed out. But the big problem is what these companies and these media, the, these, I mean, Operation Mockingbird, I mean, they, they're, for the most part, they've just been uh, press release pushers once, once the State Department says something and they're right there just churning out the propaganda, unquestioning. There's, there's no research, there's no corroboration. It, they're just mouthpieces for the for the entire establishment, right? And but but again, but Obama, there there were serious things. Like yes, Trump bombed Syria. It was completely uh, you know, nonsensical and unfounded, and should never have happened. But in comparison to what you had under Obama, uh, Bush before that, I mean, was, was, that was nothing. They he he didn't deliver this war, and that's part of why they want to get him out. They, he was more nationalistic. He wanted a wall. He wanted to control immigration, stop the replacement, all these things, right? Big problem. But listen to how he, how Obama talks about this here, right? Oh, it was, uh, it, was it was, you know, uh, listen to this. It's, okay. it's, it's Would incredible. you put the drone program into the thing that your Senator Barack Obama did not understand as well as President Barack Obama? Because that is something you got a lot of criticism and, over. And, and, and I, the, the drone program, which I, I'll, I deal with more in the, the second volume because of what I I actually discovered was that the concerns were both legitimate but not always understood. The, the problem with the drone program was not that it caused uh, an inordinate amount of civilian casualties, although it, it, even one civilian casualty is tragic. Um, but it actually, the, the drones probably had less collateral damage, which is the antiseptic way of saying it killed people who were innocent and not just targets. Um, probably had fewer, uh, le less collateral damage than if you send in troops, for example, and you're in a firefight, uh, or you're dropping ordnance using conventional pilots. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that it starts giving you the illusion that it is not war. The distance um, the, makes the it distance seem makes, sterile. Yes, and and what I discovered, and, and I write about this in the second volume, um, the machinery of it started becoming too easy, and I had to well, you actually did it. impose internally 
a substantial set of reforms in the process. Keep in mind, this man won the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> for, for literally doing nothing. Basically for being half black and, and showing up. That, that was it, right? To step back and remind everyone involved, this isn't target practice. There are, uh, each time we make this decision, we are engaged in the most profound act that uh, any government can take, which is, you know, uh, using lethal force. Against, well, you did it. Uh, against you ordered and, it. And that there have to be better checks and balances in, in doing it. You there have to be better checks and balances. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's just, oh my God. So this is, this is respectable. This is upstanding. This is going back to normal. This is good. Uh, this is uh, this is what we are going to get back to now, and finally the adults are are going to kill be killing uh, uh, civilians again, right? Um, so I guess we can kind of glide into, uh, I guess a, a little bit on just the, the COVID stuff, and it, because it has with, to do with you know bad reporting and stuff like that. And I, I came across this CNN clip here too. We'll talk about the election fraud in a little bit, uh, but they, multiple times now they've they've talked about well, we have to cancel Christmas. Right? So CNN is like we have to destroy these people's tradition. Uh, we have to do what we can to shut uh, shut it down. Make sure you won't show up uh, for, for uh, you know, you can't have any fun, basically. We need to control everything. No celebrations. Uh, nothing that observes your, your heritage uh, can can continue uh, un under the new uh, diktats of the, of the order, right? The, the, the order of the day, which is the coronavirus bullshit. Uh, anyway, listen to this here. Describe Thanksgiving as potentially the mother of all super spreader events. There are other major holidays on the way. So what should the <laughs> average American be doing right now yeah. to stay safe? They should be masking up and not traveling. This virus is you know, no longer isolated to certain enclaves in the United States. It's all over the country. And when people travel from place to place, they just further that spread. So uh, the next big holiday is obviously the Christmas, New Year's holiday, mm -hmm. where people tend to travel, want to travel, want to be with family, but we just can't do it this year. You know, we're going to <laughs> cause needless deaths, uh, and particularly uh, among people we really care about, you know, our most vulnerable, our grandparents, yeah. our parents. So, so don't, go, our don't go see your grandparents and risk that they do die, right? Risk that they do die and they died alone and didn't get a last Christmas to see their kids and their grandkids, possibly even their grand, grand uh, their grandkids, kids, right? Um, that's truly evil and wicked. It's it's always been the case that if you go see your uh, your your grandparents or something, or your old folks, if you have influenza or feel sick, that you could put them at risk. This has always been the case, right? And could could it be that people? accidentally contributed to an older person's death because they were sick or they were getting well and felt better but still infected other with you know a coronavirus like like influenza uh, absolutely and that's been happening for for as long as we've had coronaviruses circulate in the human population basically right but for some reason in 2019 all bets went out the window and during 2020 we've had the biggest enforcements of something which essentially naturally has occurred among humans for as long as we can remember, right? Uh, I Now, I have some stuff on the COVID stuff. I don't want to go into it right now, but I have some stuff probably for tomorrow in the no-go zone. Uh, even John Hopkins are coming out and just like there's no excess deaths. It's And the person writing the article had to uh, 
had retracted, of, of course, uh, and back off and say, oh, this was a mistake to publish this and whatever. But they did publish it, right? They did publish it. Uh, anyway, let's continue. First, we can't travel this year. We need to stay home. This is a sacrifice that Americans can make. We should be making it for each other. Stay home, mask up. We'll have a great series of holidays next year. We'll have, really have something to celebrate next oh, year. Oh, sure. All right. Okay, let me pause there. Yeah, so, so stay home and mask up. So you're supposed to sit at home with a mask on, alone with a mask on your face, right? There was that other clip, too. I was trying to find it. I uh, can't seem to find it in my footage folder right now, but it was, I think it was Jake Tapper, CNN, and someone else talking and very much the same thing. Oh, it was, I think it was Fauci, actually. We, we played it the other day. Um, and it was like, basically, Christmas, we can't do Christmas. That's it. It's, we got we to gotta do something else. And Fauci was like, well, we got to, well, I don't, I don't, you know, cut. Um, so here's another example on, on the kind of journalism uh, we'll be talking about CNN, right? This is incredible stuff. Are COVID patients gasping? It isn't real as they die. This is from Wired. An ER nurse's, uh, nurse's anecdote of deranged denialism went viral, but when the media caught wind of the story, reporters didn't do their job. And Wired here is just kind of acting like this is a, well, this was, this was weird. This was a one-off. And again, look, we'll see here in a moment who's at the spe who's spearheading, driving this insane narrative without corroborating. It's CNN again, right, doing this. Well, this sets the stage here a little bit. A desperate, outraged Twitter thread from a South Dakota emergency room nurse went viral last weekend, landing its author and a live interview on CNN. When I read some of your tweets, my jaw dropped, the host told Jody Doring, referring to her account of gravely ill patients who, quote, scream at you for a magic medicine and that Joe Biden is going to ruin the USA, all while gasping for breath. The reason I tweeted what I did is that it wasn't one particularly patient, uh, one particular patient, the nurse said. It's just a culmination of so many people. And their last dying words are, quote, this can't be happening. It's not real. And when they should be spending time uh, FaceTiming their families, they're filled with anger and hatred. And it just made me really sad. Now, keep in mind, we'll, we'll go on here, but keep in mind. South Dakota, right? That's, um, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Oh, what's her name? Is at the on the tip of my tongue? They've been trying to go after her. Uh, if chat, if you remember, is it the is it the governor? Uh, I almost said Whitmer, but that's Michigan, obviously. The other one, one who's actually fairly good. Um, they've been trying to like destroy her reputation for the longest time. She's been very, uh, yeah, Gnome. That's right. Thank you, uh, MTMD. That's right, Chris, Christy Gnome. Thank you. That's right. And she's been fairly good. I mean, she's basically said, no, it's up to our own people to make their own choices and stuff like that. Uh, and so they've been under it. They've been attacking Nome and specifically South Dakota uh, for a long time. So this story, when this nurse just, as we'll see here in a moment, basically just made all this bullshit up, they immediately jumped on the story and without corroborating anything. And again, this is not a one-off. This happens all the time because it fits in their narrative. This is like classic CNN bullshit, right? Uh, these were astonished statements, and not surprisingly, they captured the attention of millions. Multiple U.S. senators and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists were among those who, who tweeted out the CNN interview, which was also written up by the Washington Post and other mainstream media outlets. This is the cost of disinformation, wrote Atul Gawande, 
a New Yorker contribu uh, contributor and member of Joe Biden's coronavirus task force. Of course, uh, Elizabeth Warren called it heartbreaking. There's no doubt that we owe a debt of gratitude, yeah, blah, 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 on you know, the frontline medical workers and okay, whatever. Um, the work they do is truly heroic. Still, the manner in which Doring's account of her experiences has been reported and circulated should give people pause. Again, this is mainstream media bullshit, and they do this all the time. It just happened that Wired decided to look in for look into it for themselves, and, and, and wouldn't you know what they found, right? Uh, during statements that she watched so many people die from the disease, even as they denied her existence, endlessly repeated on social media and presented by news outlets without corroboration, would seem to represent a broader phenomenon. Yeah, it's called fake news. How about that narrative-driven news? But other nurses who work in similar settings say they've seen nothing of the kind. I called a number of hospitals in the same part of South Dakota to ask emergency room nurses if they'd noticed the same disturbing phenomenon. At Avera Westcotta Memorial Hospital, about 20 minutes from Doring's hometown of Woonsocket, if I pronounced that correctly, an ER nurse told me, I have not had that experience here. At my request, Kim Rieger, the VP for Communications and Marketing at Huron Regional Medical Center, one of four medical facilities where Doring works, spoke with several nurses, nurses at Huron to get their reaction to the CNN interview. None said that they interacted with COVID patients who deny having the disease. Most patients are grateful and thankful for her help, one told her. I have not experienced this, nor have I been told of this experience ever. And they go on to say here, and I, I, I doubt that this. There is no, this in no way means that Doring's account is untrue. Well, if you can't, I mean, the... It won't just happen to one single nurse and that's it and no one else. Have, that just won't happen, right? It's as, it's as unlikely as uh, as 180,000 ballots showing up, <laughs> all being for Joe Biden within within uh, one minute, right? Um, but they continue here. It provides at minimum some important context that was completely absent from the CNN interview and from all the media amplification that followed. Later on, no effort was made to assess the scope of the problem that during was uh, during so memorably described. She she made it up. How many COVID-19 patients in South Dakota are really so blinkered by disinformation that they're enraged at their caregivers and in their final moments on earth still dispute what's happening? No one bothered to find out. Allison Camarota, the CNN anchor who conducted the interview, is an Emmy award-winning journalist. That's right. But these people get, they get prizes for their fake news. They, they, they help to contribute to bring America into wars, which causes countless lives and suffering and drives the migration wave into Europe and America and other countries. A, a complete travesty and shit that would never happen. And if you, we had a media that actually cared about the truth and actually cared about reporting what actually is happening and the true consequences of shit, this wouldn't be happening. But they're part of it. They're part of the game. And same thing goes for COVID-19 and the coronavirus bullshit. They're the ones driving up the hysteria. They're the ones trading this just, I mean, completely irrational atmosphere. But it's for a reason. It's being used. We, we, we know that now, right? And again, wait until tomorrow. I'll cover that story about John Hopkins reporting on that there's no excess deaths, right? There, there's like, this is, it's, it's bullshit. Like, it's complete fucking fabrication bullshit. Is there a flu-like thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, of course. It could be a slightly mutated thing of, of, of a virus, right? Sure. I'm not saying that the virus in itself isn't. I mean, I still don't know, but I'm saying, sure, that could be the case. But regardless of how they have spun this narrative, how they've packaged all these bullshit together 
to make people believe that's like there's bodies in the streets and 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 if we don't f- obey and, and bend over to get to take their dildo uh we're all gonna die right but this is what they do this is what they do with climate change you know, they coax people into thinking that this is it's the end if we don't do what they tell us to do we'll die we'll, there'll be no more life on earth basically um tracer connor who covered the story for the daily beast uh is that publication's executive editor they and others simply repeated doring's anecdotes framed as an astounding embodiment of red state denialism again they're so so just isolated in their own environment of what they think conservatives are and how they think that they just swallow bullshit hook line and sinker and just churn it out and again, they got to be first with the story and, and all this bullshit. And then, you know, at least at least occasionally they get caught, right? The Washington Post article quotes at length Doring's tweets and TV interview and claims without providing any further evidence that COVID patients seen by other healthcare workers are reluctant to acknowledge that they have been infected with a virus that President Trump said will simply disappear. Similar write-ups appeared in the Daily Beast and Huffington Post. Oh my, what a coincidence, right? So that gives an insight into what kind of news we're getting from these these organizations and the dishonesty and that's why it's so sweet to see that they are being exposed at least on one front right check out this one too it's kind of interesting talking about the hysteria and the real life consequences this is not any there's nothing to do with talking about the suicides the drug abuse that's come from the isolation and the lockdowns and the destruction of people's businesses and how the mega corporations have sucked up all this market share in, in, in tons of different industries and stuff like that, right? But another side effect too is future child uh, ch- children, childbirth. Um, COVID madness will lead to half a million fewer US births in 2021. And again, who is it that usually, you remember the scene from Idiocracy, right? Who's usually like thinking ahead and, play? well, we can't, uh, my dear, we can't possibly bring in more life into this world at this. It's a pandemic uh, uh, raging, honey. Do uh, you know who that is? Yeah, t- take a guess, right? Who, who, you know, who is it that don't care? So, so who, what more likely half a million people are we talking about here uh, that's not going to have any births? And again, that feeds, of course, in the narrative, of, again, of immigration, the Great Reset, and, and you know, as, as even Agenda 2030 talks about, regular migration will be a part of this um this new brave new world that they're building for us right um analysts say this will have a long and profound impact on the economy for many years to come uh research has concluded that the u.s will experience 500,000 fewer births in 2021 as couples choose not to have children because of the coronavirus fallout the findings by the brookings institute were published last week in the Wall Street Journal, which noted that there will be between 300 to 500,000 fewer births in the U.S. next year, compared to uh, compared with a drop of 44,000 last year. Uh, the number equates to a 13% drop from the 3.8 million babies born in 2019. Now, of course, I, you know, is are we overpopulated? Should there be? Uh, yes, absolutely. But again, I'm talking about who's gonna who's who's abstaining here, right? And we know what that leads to. So then it'll be up. Oh, well, we got to open the borders again. We have the Biden, you know, Biden's coming in, pry open those borders. We had fewer births. So let's just, you know, let's make that up with uh, with immigration, right? So it, it all ties together. You don't see the COVID bullshit by now. I mean, you're truly lost. <laughs> you're truly lost. There's no, no way of reaching you. 
you're sitting and counting these bogus numbers and worried about infection rates of infections that someone has been tested positive by a bullshit PCR test that's so so inaccurate that like 90% are, are, are false positives, there's no, uh, there's no reaching you. That's it. Uh, here's another one. Check out this one. Wa- Washington Street, uh, Washington Journal, Washington Street, uh, Washington, uh, sorry, Wall Street. Holy smokes, getting tired. Uh, Wall Street Journal. COVID was hiding among colds and flus. Uh, let's see if this locked. Let me, okay, does, okay, you get a login. Let me see if the interesting stuff. I heard a, a video report on this. Um, here are some COVID realities that we've long alluded to that might be useful to spell out in the current surge. U.S. government scientists now estimate that 40 percent. I'm going to get to the election fraud issues here in a little bit, folks. But again, it all ties into how the media, how CNN and many other com- you know media companies, mainstream media, have used COVID and how they're willing to to continue the bullshit, continue the lies because it benefits the overall globalist agenda to, to just simplify the situation significantly. Um, the U.S. government scientists now estimate that 40 percent of cases are asymptomatic and 80% of symptomatic cases are mild. In short, 88% of subjects don't know they are infected or have no great incentive to find out if they are suffering from COVID or some familiar bug. So again, the reason why we have a massive increase in, in cases is because you're testing more people than ever, right? And people who feel like they have, or rather they have flu-like symptoms would, of course, be more prone to go test themselves because they're like, holy shit, I have COVID. Um, it continues here. So, and again, so I'm saying even the, even the, the cases that you, you do get, um, you, only, you would only get it from people that are truly concerned, have some kind of incentive to go and try to go get themselves tested, right? It's probably much higher. I mean, the, we don't even know because the PCR test is so notoriously unreliable. Uh, that you can have been exposed to it at some stage. Uh, even even if you've taken a flu shot, you were more likely to get a, a, a positive result uh, when you're testing for COVID-19, right? And you could have been exposed, exposed to it so minimally that, that the PCR test reacts to it and, and, and claims you are positive, but you will never experience any symptoms. You won't even pass it on to anyone else. You can't infect others because the viral load is so insignificant. That it's, it was like, yeah, you're carrying a couple of molecules of this or, or, or whatever, right? And so the PCR test doesn't give you any information about the severity of it. They just say, yep, here's a positive. And as we know, I mean, even Elon Musk, it took four tests, two are positive, two negative. So which one is it? Does that mean half of the of all the cases that they're giving us are, are, are just false positives? Maybe more. An American adult typically suffers two colds a year, while school school-aged children may suffer 10 or more and 20 million of us get the flu. A conservative estimate, then, is that 13 million Americans every day suffer from something not readily distinguishable from mild COVID, never mind asymptomatic COVID. This perhaps explains why, despite conducting uh, 186 million tests since the plague arrived, we've found only 12.7 million cases. Most who have covid aren't getting tested. Among those seeking tests, the large majority are suffering from something that isn't COVID. Interesting. The implications have been slow to sink in, embarrassing as America's early test uh, testing fumbles uh, were. The consequences were likely small. The odds were heavily against us being able to detect multiple outbreaks, blah, blah, blah. It goes on from there, but you get the idea, the gist of it. 
COVID was hiding among colds and flus. What a, it's astonishing, astonishing, right? Um, okay, I'm gonna do a couple of this. Is uh, is self? Uh, I sell feet picks. I sell feet picks. I think it is. Did I, did I get that right? Uh, with the diamond says no way Trump lost. I called gay up on that one. Yeah, I have some videos on that. We're definitely gonna check that out. Uh, thank you with the diamond. American life with a diamond says much love red eyes, much love folk. Um, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you for uh, watching. Thank you for stopping by. Netlux with a diamond. Thank you, sir. Says how to how to get 80 million votes. Don't campaign at all. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Uh, basically, have no one show up at your at your uh, rallies. Uh, make the most boring uh, campaign ever, uh, and, and then and then you get the biggest result. Isn't that amazing how that works? I guess all the politicians historically just completely did. You're overdoing it. Just don't care and just have the, run the most insignificant campaign ever, and you'll get the most votes. Isn't that isn't that interesting how that works? Lord Aragon with the diamond. New world, new world or order will uh, drone strike us one day. Uh, it, it certainly seems like it. We don't stop them. That is. Um, Netlux with the. Uh, Diamond says Biden's pick for defense slash uh, security sec uh, uh, secretary of state set up pay for play scam. Who was that again? Who did did he pick for that? I didn't see that yet. I'm not I'm not surprised. And of course, a lot of the old old guard under Obama and stuff, they're just going to come right back in. Right. Got to fix what Trump did now. Um, Blut und Biden with the diamond says in Manitoba, Canada, we aren't allowed to go visit anyone in their house. I, I mean, it's it's insanity. Right. I've heard about the lockdown. We've covered it. Canada just going over the, the top, uh, so is uh, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, right? Um, all right, so let's uh, veer away a little bit from the COVID stuff. We're going to get into the election uh, stuff here in a little bit. But yeah, I just want to show this. Look at uh, what the election wizard said on Twitter. Uh, I never thought I'd say this. Project Veritas needs to infiltrate Fox News. I mentioned that earlier, right? But and this is good, right? This is the direction things need to go. Uh, should CNN be exposed? Absolutely. But most people are like, you know, they're losing ratings. They're basically over. These are the kinds of things that will help to destroy their uh, credibility. And we're all laughing in their faces now because they completely deserve uh, what's coming to them, right? Um, oh, I guess we can play. I guess we could play this one too. Some fan mail that Project Veritas uh Got in, I guess, the, the answering machine or something like that. Listen, listen to this. It's kind of funny. Side note, but before we move on to the election fraud news. You do know that Veritas means the truth. What kind of f are you, anyway? I mean, you spread all this conspiracy theory shit <laughs> that people who don't even have an eighth grade education listen to. And then you put it out there as the truth. You guys, yeah, I don't know. You should all get COVID. I hope you do. Just, just f*** off. Mm. All right, good stuff. All right, let me pause that. I thought you enjoy that. <laughs> it's just, and again, that's the coverage, right? And, and again, CNN even admitted it. It do not, I mean, it's do not cover any of the, the, the election bullshit. Right, uh, from their point of view, like or or like the the fraud hearings and stuff. And I mean, I looked at that. The whole th I think it went on for. I think it began like eight a.m. or nine a.m. local time. I think it's what is Arizona against uh, 
Sounds, is this central time? I forget what it is, but um, yeah, until I think it was eight in the evening or something like that. Excuse me. And I mean, there was a bunch of people which were just, I mean, it was just, it was just incredible to see the bullshit stuff that people were, you know, sworn affidavits and, and the stuff that they talked about, what they saw, people doing calculations. And I want to play one clip here. This guy's one of these number geniuses. And uh, he explained it in his, I should find the whole thing. This is just a minute here, but uh, uh, it was tweeted out earlier. I think it was yesterday. Kind of like how you, you can prove it with numbers, right? That it's like, this is fraud. It just doesn't make sense and everything like that. Uh, and this guy was brilliant. Let's see which uh, snippet this is. I, I didn't have time to listen to it yet, but we should pull out the whole, his whole uh, presentation or testimony, I guess. Uh, he's just one of these guys that jumped in on it and he was asked by someone to, he had like 24 hours or something and, and he's like a numbers guy, num numbers analyst, big data kind of, and he finds found so many, many things in there. It's just incredible. Here's a little teaser uh, of that. So this is from two days ago. If I'm, was it Mo or maybe it was yesterday? I mean, it's Monday. It's kind of blurring together, to be honest. Uh, let's listen to this here. The Arizona. If you could just tell us in your, um, in the simplest way possible, as an expert, what is your opinion as to the validity of the numbers that were certified today by the Secretary of State and the Governor about this election? If I was an executive at a publicly traded company. I would never sign that because I risk jail time and having all my money taken from me in lawsuits. So to answer your question, I would never, ever have certified. I'd rather resign than have certified those results. So your professional opinion is that the numbers are fraudulent? I believe they're fraudulent based on the data. And my sister asked me a simple question this morning. She goes, how sure are you? And my sister's a pretty stubborn person like me. And I said, I'd be willing to put my life on it. I'm that sure about the analysis, assuming that the data that I got from the state and everything else was accurate. So, you know, if you're giving me all inaccurate data from everywhere, then, you know, that's my only caveat. All right, let, you know what we should do? Let's listen a little bit to his, uh, his segment there because it was, and I, wanna hear, I actually want to hear it back again. I was listening to the whole thing live. Uh, let me just pause this real quick here and, and let me find it in the presentation here because it was like 11 hours, the whole stream. But some of the people like, and again, it was like old ladies, you know, like, like this lady right here. So this is from Right Side Broadcasting, which was the feed I checked. I guess OAN covered it or something like that too. But it's like, you know how the left is like, you know, believe all women, you know, bullshit like this. It's like, well, guess what? There was like tons of old women you know on on up there talking about what they saw and the bullshit and they they couldn't believe what they saw and 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 how insecure things was and how they dealt with this i mean it was it was incredible and so some of the testimony uh was just amazing right uh, at least like three older ladies uh who who at least i would think you wouldn't like just <laughs> assume to just let just let's just go up and lie right but let's here's the guy here let's listen a little bit to this because he explains it Maybe it's a little bit longer, but that's fine. Hope you guys don't mind hanging out. Uh, let me play this here because this is kind of interesting, actually. Chiefly from the desire and foreign powers to gain an improper ascendant in our... He was, he was reading something, I think, from like the Federalist Papers or something in the beginning. Let me skip forward a bit here. We can skip that portion. And I'm, I'm not going to go over the sheet just yet. I want to kind of just highlight the bigger picture so that 
Because, you know, numbers can be, I love numbers, but they could be a little boring. So I want to kind of tell the story to the numbers. But, um, but basically, uh, what I did is I took a completely different approach than what's been presented up to this point, based on the little that I've heard here, is there's approximately 1,500 precincts uh, in, in, in Arizona. And there's three classifications for male, female, and then you. I guess maybe that's the undecided uh, um, um, classification. And then there's five different types of voters. There's one, two, three, four, five. Hard Republican, moderate swing, uh, moderate Democrat, hard Democrat. So there's five categories. And what I did is I looked through the age roles, so 18 to 100, and I basically created a unique bucket, so to speak, for each of those classifications. So it turns out there's about 980,000 plus unique Arizona voters. And the way I, I, what I did is I didn't look at the total, I looked at the number of registered voters in the state. Because if the, if the core data set is flawed, everything else that happens afterwards is irrelevant, in my opinion. Because, you know, so I kind of took an approach of how is the thing constructed. It was a very tedious process to organize all this. But then, once I got that organized, I broke out all of the, the, uh, um, the male one, two, three, four, five votes. So I want you to think about like, okay, there's five classifications of male voters in the state of Arizona. I summed up and looked at how many of those votes by age, 18 year olds, 19 year olds, 20 year olds, across all those different categories. And then I did the same thing for females. And then I did the same thing for the youths. And, and this yeah, is... Not, I saw a Netflix comment there said, this shit is the boring part. You got to go like five minutes later. Yeah, his, his little segment is like seven to... And it's, and it's all good. Don't get me wrong. But I think it, it got just... It got better and better and better. So I think I'm going to go uh, with you on that Netflix and just skip forward a little bit. But bear, bear with me here because it does get really interesting. He goes for about... I don't know, 15 minutes or so. so. Let's go forward to let's do like 614 or something like that. Let's, and it could be a little, it, it, it'll catch up here, but l listen, we'll continue listening a little bit further in here. You, I think, frankly, this is a call out to our President Trump. Please, please, please do this for the entire country. I think we deserve an audit of every county in America after seeing this. And so, so basically, when I, when I, so now I'd like to go, before I even started this minutia project, that's what I call it, the minutia project, this took me over 25 hours to do, I decided, you know what, I like to look at metadata. So metadata, you guys should look into it if you don't know what it is. I don't want to get into a, a, a philosophical discussion about it, but metadata is I said, okay, if I landed in Arizona, I want to understand what's been going on in Arizona before I say anything. And I pulled back, uh, on your website, you have 22 years of, of election results, going back to 1998. So this is what's up here. And what I did is, um, I think I'm using this, is that me? Okay. So, so basically, what I did is I went to the census, and I pulled yeah, this the is, census. Yeah, this is one of those like weaponized autism guys, uh, but the things he found are, are just incredible. This data on Arizona by each county. So I looked, at, I looked at 2000, I looked at 2010, I looked at the estimate for 2019, and then you can see I, I calculated what the annualized growth rate of each county was, 
and then what the, what, the cal what the growth rate was from 2000 to 2010, which is column B, and then I looked at uh, column C, which is, you know, what was it from 2010 to 2019, and I extrapolated the data for one more year because we don't have the 2020 results. So I kind of went through this whole process, and I did that before the minutia, and I wanted to see, like, okay, well, what's this, what, what does the census say with regards to how many people are of voting age? So if I scroll down, you can see over here, um, you know, right now, for example, 27% of Apache is, uh, you know, is under the age of 18. This is, once again, I didn't use any of my own data. I use government data. So if there's a problem, take it up with the government. <laughs> so, so basically, I computed what is the number of voters per year. Now, keep in mind, since the census doesn't come out every year, I had to fill in based on the annualized growth rate between each census and kind of adjust it accordingly because I don't want to just spitball it. I wanted it to be tied to the math and make sure that each, each year filled out. So then from there, uh, I went in and physically typed in all of the reported eligible voters each year because I got to tell you, Arizona does not make it easy to standardize, you know, to pull down the data in, in each county. <laughs> like, or, anyways, I had, to, I had to go physically do this, which is, which is time consuming, but I thought it was extremely important for what I was asked to do. So I did that, and then I did the reported ballots cast, and then I did that each year for 20, you know, each of the two-year cycles, and then I typed in the number of precincts that were reported, and then as I kind of do that, you know, I came up with reported eligible voters as a percentage of total population. Once I did that, registered eligible voters as a percentage of voting age population. So here's where it gets interesting. So I kind of did that, and I'm like, okay, I, con I concur with Dr. Shiva that I think voting fraud has been happening in this state and possibly nationwide much longer than the past four years. I'm looking at the data, and it looks as though it's going back to at least 2008. What are you guys going to do about it? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's above my pay grade. So if, if we have any more of that, we'll ask to have you removed from the, the room. I've asked several times. It'll be physically Please hold removed. your comments. We've been okay with some applause, but the purpose of this hearing is to gather information. Let me be really clear about that. Mr. Pinton, right. if you can, in, I need to have you wrap this up within the next couple of minutes, okay? I will. Yeah, this is, I'll, I'll wrap it up right now. And it, and it, <laughs> I'm wrapping it up right now. This is to kind of, again, and I'll get to it, just be, be patient. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? But it, it'll, it'll come, right? Uh, but can you imagine someone like that, like, that, well, Biden won and stuff, you know, and again, this is not only what it was in the hearing. I'm, I'm pulling out the most autistic uh, <laughs> portion from the hearing that I can find. Many stories were like, well, I guess kind of more emotionally in terms of like how they what they saw and they couldn't believe how insecure it was and all these people doing weird things in these rooms and they had laptops and there there was not supposed to be any internet connection to the machines and there of course was internet connection to the machines these people came and so I mean it's just on and on and on it went for like you know ten hours of people just talking about all the bullshit that those that they saw in Arizona alone but you can you imagine someone who's like completely un capable or unwilling to look at evidence 
to listen to a guy like this. They will never do it. At best, they will just kind of make fun of it. I'm sure we'll see something on like the Young Turks here soon about, oh, this this spurgy dude. It's just, you know, but anyway, uh, it's coming. So let's listen. Can I grab one of these waters now? <laughs> Can I grab the water? Yeah, help Thanks. yourself. Go, so, go ahead. It's fine. Um, so basically... Beautiful stuff. <laughs> what I did is I looked at the 2000, 2000 presidential election, 2004, 2008. And I looked at all the eligible voters, and that's in column S here. And I said, okay, how many eligible voters showed up to vote in those three presidential cycles? Then I tied it to 2008, 12, 16 as a pivot. And I said, wow, it went from 79% in Apache to 86.93%. But then the change from the average of 2008, 12, 16 presidential cycle went from 87% to 99% of all eligible voters in Apache voted in 2020 is what the data is. is you know, that's how, many, that's how many registered voters there are. It's like, what? 99%? So since I'm in a little bit of a rush, I went through and did that for each of the counties and showed what the results look like in each respective presidential year, the three, three years, and then the off years to compare those two, those two numbers. And uh, the correlation, once again, the, the, the difference between those two years, if it's, if it's a presidential cycle versus a regular cycle, there's about an 88% correlation. That should give you some idea of how, how meaningful that 94% was. And, and, and so I, did, I went through and did that. And then I did the same thing with the ballots cast as a percentage of total population, as, uh, ballots cast as a percentage of Arizona population. And a couple of things I want to highlight since I'm running out of time. The population of Arizona has gone up by about 1% per year in the past decade. The number of people voting per year has gone up by about 7% per year. Now that may not seem like a big deal, but if you had $100,000 and you invested it at 1% after a decade, you'd have $111,000. Not bad. But if you had $100,000 and you invested it at 7% for a decade, you'd have $195,000. So it's like, wait a second, how is it that you have 95,000 versus 11,000? So when you look at the differential growth rates, that's how meaningful it is that this has been occurring going back a decade that it's almost like a little creep. They were, you know, somebody was maybe cheating a little bit somewhere and then they needed to cheat a little bit more and then they needed to cheat a little bit more. And the reason why I say this is, you know, being in the financial markets my whole career, Sarbanes-Oxley, Remember that? Everybody remember WorldCon, WorldCom and Enron? Enron? Enron, yeah. They had to sign. The, the CFO and the CEO have to sign the financials, the 10K and 10Q, which is enforced since the 33 and 1934 Securities Act. Guess who was exempted from that act? Counties and states. Maybe they should be not exempted anymore. If you're going to sign something when billions of dollars are on the line, we should believe in the data. We have the CEOs get clawed back. We get the CFOs jail time. So if you cheat, there should be repercussions. Absolutely. And the laws are on the books for yep. this. Absolutely. You, all we have to do is, here, I'll give you an example. If you're a CEO of a company and it's worth $20 billion and there's a fraud internally and somebody steals a billion, if you don't prosecute them and you don't uncover it and investigate it, you're, you're violating your fiduciary responsibility, you're going to get fired, you're going to get sued, and the investors are going to take you through the ringer. But for some reason in politics, that doesn't happen, it, which is, which is, is mind-boggling because 
this country's worth $100 trillion. This election about controlling $100 trillion of wealth in the United States is very serious business. And so this is one of the reasons, you know, no so should be, I'm, I'm no kind of wrapping be it up here because I know you asked well, me to cut it short. And again, we'll continue with this here, but... And again, this is, should not just be seen standing alone, right? But everything that we've that we've watched and and witnessed up to this point in terms of like the the what can be done with the dominion. And again, it was guys talking about this. Uh, I think one of the first guy in the hearing he broke this down. He was in like psychological warfare and shit like that. Some some brilliant minds uh, that have lined up to like look at this stuff and look at it in detail. And again, considering how short of a time span they have to actually try to wrap their head around this and stuff like that, it's I mean. There is no doubt in my mind that there was massive fraud in this election, right? But you have another side which just refuses to recognize this, and they won't look at any of the evidence. They will not listen to it. They don't care. I mean, people have been talking about, even on the left, the Democrats have been talking about Dominion and how insecure these voting machines are for decades. But you see, the, the dishonesty of them is that, well, as long as we're winning, it's fine, and then we don't care. Right, that's that's what we're looking at, and they just don't care. Next time, again, if they lose, they will do the same, uh, you know, shit that they try to do with Hillary, right? Where they actually said, well, she should contest the, the election, or they said um, the the electors should uh, not uh, vote for Trump. They should they should vote for Hillary because Trump is not presidential. And all that. They they basically pulled out all the same tricks uh, that they now, you know, that they we now see the Republicans do. Or the Trump administration, I should say, because not all Republicans do this. They've lined up with the establishment and they're fighting. They just, oh, just, just give it up, Trump, kind of thing. But the same things have happened. But now is the only time that they think that this is dishonest and it shouldn't be done. And and in fact, auditing the vote, examining it, having hearings on it, that's an attempt to do a coup. If you, if you listen to the mainstream media, that's what they're saying. They're trying to do a coup by 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 stealing the election this is the level of projection and and the gay op and how they've you know kind of projected this upon their enemies while they're doing it they're doing it while they're saying you're trying to steal the election it's incredible mr Bitten, can can we like do 60 seconds 60 seconds i, I think there mr seconds. giuliani may have a question okay. for you so the population of arizona has gone up by 40 percent since 2000 the number of voters in 1998 in Arizona was 1.1 million. It's 3.2 million today. So it's like tripled, but the population's up 40%. Something's off. Thank you, sir. Mayor Giuliani. If you could just tell us in your, um, in the simplest way possible as an expert, what is your opinion as to the validity of the numbers that were certified today by the Secretary of State and the governor about this election? If I was an executive at a publicly traded company, you know, I, think I would this never is sign that because I risk jail time and having all my money taken from me in lawsuits. So to answer your question, I would never, ever have certified. I'd rather resign than have certified those results. Yeah, Bluton Biden said it with the diamond. Weaponized autism and <laughs> autists and his top button my is open. Yeah, I saw that. Good, uh, good goes, How sure are you? And my sister's a pretty stubborn person like me. And I said, I'd be willing to put my life on it. I'm that sure about the analysis, assuming that the data that I got from the state and everything else was accurate. 
So, you know, if you give me all inaccurate data from everywhere, then, you know, that's my only caveat. And could you tell us your professional background, please? I'm a portfolio manager. I have my, uh, I have my, I have my CFA since I was 23. I got my MBA from Kellogg uh, in, in organizational design and strategy. I'm working on a, um, a financial engineering degree at the moment. I like math for fun. I well, believe we, we math is the that. language of the universe. <laughs> well, thank, so. thank you very much. <laughs> very helpful. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, we, we kind of, I, I guess I went forward a little bit too much. Let me see if there's another question Mr. for him Mr. here. Mr. Pitten, would you be willing to furnish that file? I mean, I, I get the math. Oh, absolutely. You, you've given me a headache, though, but would you, be, would, you, <laughs> would you be willing to furnish that to uh, see, this why is it? And it's fine, but why is it always like that when it's like, gets kind of into the the weeds and really detailed and like some you know kind of eccentric guy brings something up there's always a call, oh well this was boring or this was this is just this is too complicated but as he said it's like whatever the you know gdp or whatever of america is right yeah it's probably in the the hundred uh hundred billions what was he said or was it in trillions i don't know um a lot of money, right? Is it not that the money it's at stake, but in terms of what the country generates and uh, you know all the all the people, all the businesses, all the all, like the shit needs to be run, uh, you know, tight, right? Needs to be be efficient, needs to work. Um, but they're just willing to hand this over to somebody because they just I'm too bored to sit and listen to a guy like this to present evidence, right? Anyway, millions, jump driver, whatever. Uh, yeah, I just I, want to make sure that it's yeah, hundred hundred trillion. Was that what he said? That's incredible. not protected by copyright or anything like that. And if if at the same time, I believe. Um, Mr. Giuliani would probably well, like to have that. Drive right here, you can have it. Uh, With well, this here. we'd rather copy it, but oh, thank yeah, you very much. You All right, very good. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. Is that it for this guy? Okay. All right. Yeah, I think so. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. Anyway, you get the idea. But check out that whole thing because that was that was. Uh, I mean, if you can, right? But again, it was a, some incredible testimony. Uh, frankly, just from Arizona, state legislator whole uh, legislator holds public hearing on 2020 election. And again, of course, that then the state, I think it's a Republican, uh, is it a governor or who is it again? Uh, that's sort of, I forget who it was that did that, but someone just like, yeah, that's uh, looks good to me. And I think it was a Republican doing it too, right? Uh, so let me stop this here. I wanna make sure that we check some of those other clips because there's some updated ones from, I believe, Virginia. Uh, Breitbart had the piece on this here too. Uh, press conference with whistleblowers give giving eyewitness accounts of suspected voter fraud. I believe this is in was in Virginia. The Amistad project of the Thomas More Society is holding a press conference featuring three whistleblowers who are expected to give eyewitness accounts of suspected voter fraud. The press conference slated to begin at 2 p.m. in Arlington, Virginia, will feature three whistleblowers who are expected to provide what has been described as personal eyewitness accounts of demonstrating significant potential election fraud some of which affects hundreds of thousands of ballots. The eyewitnesses are also expected to reveal evidence of unlawful actions made by election officials, as well as widespread illegal efforts by USPS workers to influence the outcome of the election. And again, just those 11 hours we had out of uh, Arizona was full of that kind of stuff, right? It was just full of it. Uh, I think that event went on for like an hour, hour and a half or something like that, but there are a couple of highlights so I thought we could check some of these out. And I mean, when you compile all this stuff, you know, it's just incredible that there is, that the other side is on. I mean, they're they're winning, they're stealing it, obviously. So they're not 
will never be interested in looking at it. But the fact that they can get away with it, where there are so many signed affidavits and people who swear under oath what, what they saw, it's, I mean, and then you have the recounting bullshit where like you're counting the fraudulent votes over again and then they think that's an audit and stuff like that. I think it was uh, Georgia, or maybe it was, maybe that was Arizona. They're like, we want to audit the machines. I think that was Sidney Powell, right? All the, the, the Kraken stuff. And I haven't looked into detail on all of her suits, but that was in Georgia. And what was the other state? Was it Michigan or maybe it was, I don't think it was Pennsylvania. I think it was Michigan or Wisconsin uh, or Michigan or Wisconsin. Uh, and Georgia, uh, but even there, right? That they were like they were, they were requesting to audit the, the 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 voting machines and stuff, and to to check at the records and logs, and you can do forensics on them and stuff like that. And they went on and just swiped them so that you can't find it. Uh, they're covering this up in, like in real time as they're seeking legal remedy to 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 review the results and 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 what happened, right? Uh, anyway, let's check out this clip here. Um, one dude talking about it. We have been intaking a lot of whistleblowers. They are brave people who seek nothing but to provide you the truth. And that's what we're all seeking here. So again, I'm grateful to Attorney General Klein for the benefit and privilege of doing this. And I think that's what we're all trying to do here today is get to the truth. I'm going to outline some of the issues which makes Jesse's story so peculiar and so troubling regarding what we now know to be fact. I think I have this in the wrong order. I th if I mistake, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jesse. I have a clip with him later on. It's it's fine. It doesn't matter for now since we're just doing outtakes and, and clips or whatever. Yeah, but it was like one guy, one guy uh, talking about how many uh, just potential boxes, I guess, of, of ballots, which is as you can see, <laughs> as you can see behind the guy there. Gaylord box I, as you learn new things it's, it's amazing who knew but yeah so there's something called the Gaylord box uh, <laughs> anyway so there were su suspected many Gaylord boxes that showed up with tons of votes in them uh, <laughs> just the the amazing the amazing things the amazing world we live in uh, okay let's uh, let's proceed here fact uh Jesse's one of those unsung, invisible heroes who works in the dead of the night that makes our lives better. Uh, as he said, he has nothing to gain here but everything to lose. And that's why it's important that we listen to him. So the first question we should all ask is, where's Jesse's trailer? Where is it? Where'd it go? What was the route it took after it left? I think it's a reasonable question, one that I think any reasonable American who's curious about 24 pallets of ballots, where they went. 20, 24 Gaylord boxes with, uh, with votes, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we have a number of teams supporting the Armistad effort. One of them is uh, my own London Center intelligence team. Yeah, I mean, the pun... Uh, <laughs> if, if this was a gay, if there was, a, if this was a gay op, how could it get? How could we get any more close to it when they're using Gaylord boxes to uh, to pull this off? <clears throat> Amazing, twenty twenty. They did the estimate of ballots. So, so just so you all understand what we're talking about, depending on the density, depending on, depending on the trays, and again, this leads back to Greg's story, seeing. These ballots showing up in the counting rooms in the middle of the night. That's the pointy end of the spear. We trace it back 
through all the different machinations to Jesse, to his mass transportation of these things. And I can tell you, other investigations that are now ongoing with our field elements are developing the next set of leads. It doesn't stop at Beth Page. It only begins there. And as Phil said, all investigations start with questions. We have additional questions we're now going to answer. But to the point of this, 24, 24 gay lords full of these things. Holy shit. Not nailed <laughs> like they normally would be. And let me make this very clear. The best they're not they're not mailed as they're, as they're normally would be. How about that? Page Center is not a place where you can frank or process mail. It's a bulk mail center. As a matter of fact, it's called a process and distribution center. That means big boxes and big things go through. You don't take in envelopes. Big things go through. They got that right. You don't right. take in little pieces of mail and put them into big bundles. These things were bundled. They were. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that another reference? Big bundles. <laughs> bundles. Of, holy shit. Bundles of something. On trays. They oh. were processed. They were oh, curated, entirely. if you will. These were ready to be counted. That's what makes this so important. So depending on the density of these things, it could be 144 to over uh, to a quarter million ballots. Let me tell you a little secret. Part of our developing investigation indicates that Jesse wasn't alone. There was a number, as in like a bunch of different trucks, which engaged in this. So when you think about the magnitude of potential votes showing up the night of the election after midnight, you have to have an artifact. So if you eliminate the impossible, with all things being equal, whatever remains must be the truth. The truth is ballots showed up. They were counted. They do not match necessarily the records of who should have voted. In some instances, the, the stats don't add up, and we continue to an analyze that. But with that said, I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we have evidence of a massive transfer of, of completed, curated ballots ready to be injected into counting centers. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. So uh, that's just kind of, an, I guess, a little bit of an overview. I have some more here from the uh, this particular press conference, too. <clears throat> At least we can have a good laugh in between. But yeah, here's uh, Washington uh, Examiner with a story uh, as well. And I'm not sure if it's from the same. Uh, maybe this is, yeah, this is Pennsylvania. We'll go back to Virginia here shortly. Uh, whistleblowers, Postal Service labeled Trump mail undeliverable. 388,000 ballots backdated disappear. And again, I should remind you. Where did that go? I had one. Yeah, here it is. I think, did I forget to show that? This is how close Trump is, right, to <clears throat> to victory here. Uh, currently, I guess. Arizona, 10,457. Georgia, 12,670. Wisconsin, 20,695. Now, if it's true that the fraud is on this level and it was this monumental this is of course we know this is why they stopped accounting because they had to adjust how many more ballots they needed and all this kind of stuff right 
but it, it basically means that Trump won by a just a massive landslide, basically. And and it was just at this, you know, with all the fraud, all the different things, and it was like not not just the one thing. We're talking about a million different things in a, in a, in all kinds of different states, in different things, whatever they could do in, in every little segment or, or corner. But I guess they had the 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 vote machines ultimately at their disposal of like m making up for whatever they needed, as they were seeing how many you know uh, votes came in for Trump. And so they stopped the counting and then they adjusted for it and they could just insert. And we've shown that footage of how you could do that with these machines. Uh, not only Dominion, there's others, uh, you know, but the, I mean, this is incredible, right? Several whistle whistleblowers on Tuesday cast new uncertainty on the 2020 election process, claiming up to 28 uh, or 288,000 ballots disappeared. Another 100,000 were improperly backdated and mail prompting President Trump, uh, promoting President Trump sorry, prompting President Trump was junked while mail for Joe Biden was delivered, right? In the most extraordinary re uh, report, a U.S. Postal Service contractor said his trailer full of uh, 144,000 to uh, 288,000 completed mail-in ballots, which he drove between New York and Pennsylvania, disappeared after he delivered it to Lancaster, Lancaster, sorry, Lancaster Pennsylvania. Depot. Uh, another claimed that ballots were backdated by postal uh, workers in uh, and in Traverse City, Michigan. Trump campaign campaign mail was put in uh, bins labeled undeliverable bulk business mail, while the same type of mail for Joe Biden was ordered to be delivered on time. Big surprise. And a third raised new issues about the integrity of Dominion voting machines. The claims were on. Uh, unveiled by the Amistad Project of the Thomas More Society. Okay, so that this comes from the same hearing that we that we looked at a little portion of here, uh, which has mounted the independent investigation of voting and voter registration in several key battleground states. Uh, it recently made headlines by revealing that the FBI has requested the findings of its voter integrity project. Yeah, that came up, I think, in the Arizona uh, hearing as well. So I have another, let me look at that here. We have another clip here. Let's see this one here, more from Virginia. This is, I think this is, this could be Jesse that he mentioned before then. It's a little bit in wonky order here, but uh, whatever. Uh, let's check this out here and see what he had to say about this here. Thank you, Phil. During the run-up to and on election day, I was working as a temporary hire at United Mailing Services, UMS, a USPS subcontractor in Wisconsin. I began employment on August 26, 2020 as a route driver and box truck driver. This meant my job was to pick up mail on a predetermined route and deliver it to UMS for sorting and metering. I would then take the sorted mail in my box truck to USBS. In September or October, I began to deliver mail and ballots from UMS to USPS as part of my evening delivery duties. I knew this because there was special bins marked for ballots only. On one occasion, I forgot to retrieve the ballots for transportation and had to go back for them. After that, I always made sure to check that I had the ballot bins loaded for transport. On November 2nd, 2020, I noticed that there was only one ballot in the bin for delivery to USPS. And on November 3rd, election day, there were no ballots in the bin for delivery. One can imagine my surprise then when the next day, November 4th, I was asked by a senior USPS employee named Monte if I had forgotten any ballots the night before. 
Monte explained that an order came down from the Wisconsin-Illinois chapter of USPS that 100,000 ballots were missing. Monte then told me that his post office had dispatched employees to look for the missing ballots around 4 a.m., and that only seven or eight were found at UMS. Based on my previous experience and habit of double-checking for ballots, I believe that to be a lie. The following day, November 5th, 2020, I had a conversation with a different USPS employee named Rachel, in which she admitted that USPS employees were ordered to backdate ballots that were received too late to be lawfully counted. I asked Rachel if I would get in trouble with my boss for those ballots the other night, referring to the allegedly missing ballots I discussed with USPS employee Monte on November 4, 2020. No, you wouldn't, she responded, as long as they were postmarked for the third. She continued, that's why they had us do that. I didn't bring any of this to the attention of my supervisors at USPS at the time due to what I perceived to be their hostility towards President Donald Trump and their Big evident surprise. contempt for the law. I heard those same two post office employees making jokes about taking mail-in ballots for Trump and throwing them away. Yep, of course. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Biden supporter either. In fact, I didn't vote for either of the main candidates. But oh. something profoundly wrong occurred in Wisconsin during the presidential election, and the American people have a right to know about it. Thank you. All right. I don't know if that was Jesse, but yeah, you get the idea. There, there are some highlights uh, from this. was pretty interesting. I haven't actually had, uh, seen the whole thing yet, but I was going to check it out. So again, that's on the Breitbart uh, story. I guess I could share that link if you guys want to check out the whole thing. And I'm sure there's other uh, pretty good tidbits from that too. Uh, we'll see if we can find another couple of ones actually here too. But I want to talk about the DOJ a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that's the link that to the Breitbart piece. They have some others still on Facebook. Remarkable, by the way. But uh, what, what what have you? Uh, I guess they're more establishment now, uh, Breitbart. But but at least uh, they link this up here. But yeah, check that out. And I saw some other clips. So we'll see if we can pull those in here before we wrap up here. Uh, let me do a couple of these real quick here. Uh, I saw that Hervard uh, Silvazzi was subbing for a month. Thank you for that, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Patrick Casey with the diamond. Thank you, sir. Uh, good to see you, Patrick. Hope you're doing well. DLive.tv forward slash Patrick Casey. Uh, check him out. Here's Hervard uh, Silvazzi again with the diamond. Says, great show tonight. Pulling it all together. Thanks. You bet. Uh, thank you for the support. Uh, and again, shout out to Patrick uh, for stopping by. All right. Let me show you this here from the DOJ. Uh, this is pretty interesting because, of course, <clears throat> there is no then recognition uh, that there is any voter fraud by the DOJ, right? Barr. Uh, disputing Trump, Barr says no widespread election fraud. And, and, <laughs> and of course, you know, of course he would say that, right? Of course the DOJ would like, nah, that's, you know. For a while we thought, well, Barr is pretty good. He's, uh, he's, um, he's going after some of these, uh, you know, kind of the far left uh, and stuff like that. But as usual, we can't, you can't, it's not going to come from these people. It's it's part of the establishment. I I I'm, I don't know if Barr has been playing ball with Trump temporarily, a little bit here and there. If you look at the mainstream media, it's been like uh, AG Barr is like the you know the Trump's butt boy, and he does everything for him, and he'll he will do all these criminal activity for him. And now when he would really need to be coming through, and at at least at the bare minimum, look at the at the evidence and the material that is available, he chooses not to right. Uh, disputing President Donald Trump's persistent baseless claims, uh, the AP says here. Again, keep in mind, this is a coup that has the media, 
the Democrat establishment, globalists, uh, and and social media all in on it together to to basically gaslight people into thinking that there was nothing that was going wrong, despite the fact that just you know like a bunch of mainstream media uh, reports exists on previous years, previous election cycles of the problems with the, whether it's Dominion uh, voting, the, the the company, all that stuff that came out was just incredible. And again, that uh, that Arizona hearing had a lot of that in it too, of talking about the different countries that are involved in Dominion. And, you know, it's out of Canada, but it was set up at Venezuela. And again, like the Young Turks, I saw was making fun of that. Like, oh, they think that uh, Hugo Chavez uh, is uh, controlling the U.S. election from beyond the grave, like bullshit, you know, arguments like this. When it's like, well, if he helped to set it up to 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 win in his own country, and now it's a, a system that exists that can benefit those who either pay for it or those that he decided or they decided to 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 go in cahoots with, of course, it can still have an effect. Whether even if Hugo Chavez have died, or not that's most, you see some of those dumb arguments ever uh, to dismiss and disqualify the credible uh, evidence and testimony that exists of massive voter fraud. Right? Anyway, uh, yeah, so. Uh, Attorney General William Barr declared Tuesday the U.S. Justice Department has uncovered no evidence of widespread voter fraud that could change the outcome of the 2020 election. Barr's comments in an interview with the Associated Press uh, contradicted the concerted effort by Trump, his boss, to subvert the results of last month's voting and block President-elect Joe Biden from taking his place in the White House. Barr told the AP that U.S. Uh, attorneys and FBI agents have been working to follow up specific complaints and information they've received, but, quote, to date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that could affect a different outcome in the election. You fucking bastard, right? Uh, so White House slammed back uh, against his claims of no election fraud. There has been no semblance of a uh, Department of Justice investigation, of course, right? Um so Rudy Giuliani issued a statement here. He said, with uh, all due respect to the attorney general, there hasn't been any semblance of a Department of Justice investigation. We have gathered ample evidence of illegal voting in the last uh, in at least six states, which they uh, have not examined. Of course, of course, they have not. Right. Uh, we have many witnesses swearing under oath. They saw crimes being committed in connection with voter fraud. As uh, far as we know, not a single one has been interviewed by the Department of Justice. The Justice Department also hasn't audited any voting machines or used their subpoena powers to determine the truth. Nonetheless, we will continue our pursuit of the truth through the judicial system and state legislature and uh, continue towards the Constitution's mandate and ensure that every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote is not counted. Again, with the greatest, with greatest of respect to A.G. Uh, Barr, which, like, well, whatever, dude, he's stab you in the back his opinion appears to be without any knowledge or investigation of the substantial irregularities and evidence of systemic fraud uh not surprised whatsoever definitely not surprised now there were a couple of more uh let me see if i can find that real quick that i saw uh from the hearing let me just check if i can save down these real quick uh, i guess we can let me see if we can oh that was the yellen clips here yeah, bear with me here. I'll see if I can uh, save a couple of these real quick. And we can... Let's see here. Was this interesting? Uh, let me see. Let's see this one here. This could actually be interesting. Let me just save this down real quick here. Sorry, guys. Bear with me here a second. And we'll have this uh, straightened out in no time. And we can uh, import that and play it. Uh, just 
do this. Yeah, let's play this one. This is a shorter clip and can get another one down in the meantime here. All right, here we go. All right, let me just make sure we can hear that. All right, let's play this one. Here we go. So um, in total, I saw 24 Gaylords or large <laughs> no! cardboard. No, shit. All right. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> okay. We're, uh, we're back in business. Everything is good. Don't, uh, don't worry about the, don't worry about this. One. So, um, in total, I saw 24 Gaylords <laughs> or large cardboard containers of ballots loaded into my trailer. Is there no other name these for these Gaylords things? These contain plastic trays. I call them totes, but trays will work of ballots stacked on top of each other. All the envelopes were the same size. I could see the envelopes had handwritten addresses, return addresses, and I could even tell that one of that one was marked registered mail. That one was off to the side. All right, <clears throat> they were complete ballots. I didn't I didn't think much of it at the time. At Beth Page, I was first loaded with two tall Gaylords. So. Picture that thing there, or or this little representation here. Okay, focus. But this tall, all right? So I was loaded with two tall gay lords, okay? And uh, that were, oh, where was I at? They had uh, mixed mail pieces bound for Lancaster. These gay lords were loaded first because they would be the last off my trailer. The remainder of the truck was loaded with complete ballots bounded for Harrisburg. I then drove to Harrisburg with the ballots. Usually, I offload in one of the seven docks every day, but not on October 21st. I wasn't allowed to offload. That's different. Whenever I pull into Harrisburg, I go around and I get my dock, and I get unloaded, and then I roll out. Not that day, all right? Not that day. Instead, I was made to wait for roughly six hours in the yard, from 9.15 a.m. to 3 p.m. This really ticked me off, all right? Because my brother was in town. He just moved back up, and I wanted to spend some time with him. I tried to get the attention of postal workers, but no one would tell me what's going on. All of this was weird. I arrived at the at uh, I arrived at about the same time every day. The expediter scans all my seals and barcodes, and they they unload me. But for the first time, or but or but but from the time I first arrived in Harrisburg from Bethpage. Everything got weird. None of that happened. After waiting six hours, I went inside to figure out what's going on. I was told to wait for the transportation supervisor. This was also weird. Sixteen months I've been doing this. I haven't ever talked to the transportation supervisor for the United States Postal Service. I talk to an expediter. I come in. I see an expediter. That's who I deal with. If I have an issue, it's the expediter. I don't deal with anyone else but the expediter. I never, never talk to the United States Postal Service's transportation supervisor. 
Let's make that clear. I have my own transportation supervisor for the company that I work for. He's the one that gives me the details. He's the one that I listen to. I don't listen to this guy. He's the guy that would contact my boss if he needed something ran different. Yeah, COVID. I've never spoken with this transportation supervisor from the United States Postal Service. They don't speak to people like me. He's a top guy. He's the kind of guy that would speak to my boss, not a trucker like me. The supervisor told me to drive to uh, told me to drive to Lancaster without being unloaded in Harrisburg. This made no sense to me. I knew the ballots were loaded for Harrisburg and that if I was to go to Lancaster, they would have to off unload my ballot or those pallets in Lancaster to take off Lancaster stuff to put the ballots back on the trailer to send them back to Harrisburg. Doesn't make no sense. <clears throat> this was a real screw up in my my thinking. No, I wanted it's intentional. I wanted my ticket. So whenever I go to a place, I and I when I go there and whenever I'll leave, I'll get a ticket. I'll get a ticket, a slip, whatever you want to call it. It's the date, time that I'm supposed to be there. It'll have my trailer number on it. It'll have um, how much I'm loaded. It'll have the seal number. It has my name. It'll have who, who was the expediter. So I wanted my, my, my ticket, my slip. I call them tickets. Some people call them slips, okay? Um, and then because I was there for six hours... I wanted my late slip, too, because I wanted to be pay paid for sitting in that yard for six hours. So um, <clears throat> I wanted the ticket and the late slip for stopping in at Harrisburg. Also, I wanted it because if they tell me to take this load to Lancaster, I don't want to pull up the Lancaster of Harrisburg crap and be like, yeah, they just told me to be or come here and not have no, no ticket because they don't look like I just came straight here, you know. Just to prove that I was there. And so others would know I wasn't the person that screwed this up. A ticket is always provided to a driver when they arrive at a, U a United States Postal Service facility. It proves you were there. The transportation supervisor refused to give me a ticket and told me to leave. I then demanded he give me a late slip since I wanted to get paid for the time I was sitting there and waiting and waiting for them to offload me. He refused to give me that too. He was kind of rude and wouldn't explain anything to me. He just told me to go to Lancaster. I then drove to Lancaster, unhooked my trailer in its normal place, and then drove my truck to where I always park it in a nearby lot, and then I went home. The next day, it just got weirder. As I arrived at Lancaster, at Lancaster's United States Postal Service facility, with my tractor, I went to hook up to my trailer, and my trailer was gone, not there no more.
1440. Since I started driving that Bethpage route, I've always had trailer 10R 1440. I like that trailer. It was a okay, nice this trailer. Is, this is Jesse that we heard earlier. I know you Where's guys probably trailer? don't really Remember? know nothing about truck driving or trailers or anything, but the rear tandems had a, if you're driving light, the rear tandems will actually, the front axle will actually go up. Um, nice air ride. The garage, the doors on it were, it worked great. Some of the trailers that place has, you could honestly put it on the back of a carrier and drop it off in the middle of the ocean and no one would worry about it. So that trailer I really liked, okay? Um, okay. What uh, happened you... on October 21st okay. was a series of unusual events that cannot be a coincidence. I know I saw ballots with return addresses filled mm. out, thousands of them, thousands. Loaded onto my trailer in New York and headed for Pennsylvania. At first, I didn't think it was a big deal. In fact, I thought it was really awesome. I was, I really did. I was like, sweet, I'm doing something for the presidential race. You know, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> But as things became weirder, I got to thinking and wondered why I was driving complete ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. I didn't know. Okay, I think it cuts. Is that it? Yeah, okay, that's it for that one. Uh, so we have a couple of more clips, and shout out to Vincent James. Uh, these comes, he uploaded some of these to his Telegram uh, now I want to see this one here. This is from Lansing, Michigan. I guess they had a hearing. I think this is from today. Yeah, this is from today. Uh, let's check out this. A couple of more clips we have here. What time of the morning was it when you saw this come in? Or what time of the evening was it? Like you said, three-ish, four in that window. In the afternoon? No, no, no. I was there from... Three or four in the morning. I was there at 10 p.m. to... And this is mailing ballots showing up at 4 a.m. We've we've heard stories about this. So here's uh, actually someone being, you know, addressing this head on. 5 a.m. They were in mail uh, sleeves, you said? Mm -hmm. Did anybody have any earmarkings of who they were carrying these ballots? Were they carrying them? Were they on a dolly? Yeah, they were on a dolly. Yeah, they were on a dolly. Do I know who they were? Absolutely not. But they were people that were doing that. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Lucido. Senator Santana. If, was there any particular reason you didn't ask for a supervisor to question, you know, the ballots coming in on a dolly? Or? Well, I didn't figure I needed to because the lead counsel that was supposed to be there was taking tally, and I was there standing right next to him. So I figured he was kind of the person that was overseeing the whole night. But that's what we were told. So we were we were talking directly about why are these coming in. We all thought it was interesting that these ballots were coming in so late. What was his response? We were we were trying background? to take. Sorry. What was his response, sir? We were taking count, and we were um, his exact what response. A, I couldn't recall, fucking... but we were definitely perplexed that these were coming in so late, as well as they were being put out to be counted. What a what a farce this is right it's like a third world it's like a and we've seen the comments but it's like a banana republic right it's just no one knows what's going on there's no oversight whoever controls it their little corner their little 
kingdom of say, well, this box here is my dominion, right? And I can do what I want with it or so. It, it, you know what I mean? It's like a little corner that they control. And 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 as soon as that happens, you have dishonesty there or they're motivated or rigged. Even, you know, I would I would not doubt it. Even people who are like Republican, you know, poll watchers or something are are really not. They're posing as such or something. I mean, I'm not saying every, everyone is, but you know what I mean? They, the Democrats, the far left, would be this motivated to get Trump out of Austin. It doesn't matter. Do illegal stuff. We had that, uh, you know, clue to that the Google search terms of, um, what was it, how much, uh, uh, what, what kind of punishment is, is um, levied, I guess, against uh, voter uh, fraud, uh, crime, you know, in certain states. Uh, I think it was Arizona, Georgia. And I think it was like Pennsylvania, Michigan or something like that, too, that had spiked in just a few days, I think, before the election or something. Maybe it was a couple of weeks. Maybe it was that early. Uh, but like, you know, researching and looking into what 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 could happen if you engage in voter fraud, all those kinds of things. Right. Uh, they're just it's just a farce. It's just every corner that is examined, every aspect that people are looking into or we hear testimony from. It's some bullshit that's been going on, some kind of shenanigans. Something is not right. Something is, well, this looked off or who was this person or they were just uh, walking up with the USB memory sticks and uploading. And you know, this computer shouldn't be connected to the Internet. And it's just it's wall to wall. It, it never ends. Uh, Eastern Standard Time with a diamond says, Bar is Mossad. Yeah, I don't doubt it at this point. Lord Aragon with a diamond says, We love our gay lords. Uh, Roll on floor laughing. That's right. Yeah, the Gaylord portion was uh, that was a good uh, that was a good bit for sure. It definitely worked. Uh, all right, we have a couple more clips here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to start wrapping up in a little bit here, but uh, yeah, a couple of more things. Let's see what was going on. The third one here uh, is. Let me preface this here now. Let me see if I have the right one. I think this is from uh, ballots recite. This is in, Vich- in Michigan too. Uh, ballots arriving, uh, witness a 50 boxes of ballots arriving in a white van to Michigan Election Center that were process, processed after the deadline. I think that's uh, the, that's this one. Next, we have uh, this name that I'm doing very poorly with, uh, Hima. Oh. Oh, Hima, no, welcome is, no. to the Senate Oversight Committee. After her will be Melissa Carone and James... I think this is a different testimony. Sorry about that, but uh, let's see which is him was here. Danley. Hima, Thank welcome you for- to the Senate Oversight Committee. Can you tell me how to say your last name correctly? Kola Nagi Reddy. <laughs> so, now, so now everybody else can The uh, moment I not- saw My God, that's racism. Are you holding on to that card? I'm like, that's me. That's got to be me. <laughs> well, you have three minutes, so thank you. Thank you. That's the portion. You, you, know, you know, that's the portion that David Pakman... And the Young Turks and, and and all these people, that that's what they will pick up on, right? Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. Um, this is my first time doing this as a poll challenger at uh, TCF. As an immigrant to this country, as you can tell, um, we had great respect for America, the elections here. We always <laughs> thought it's, it has a lot of integrity, whereas the countries we come from, a lot of things happen. But all of that changed the day... Um, I went there, like I was on, I was at TCF on both the days, third and the fourth. Third was pretty much um, the same monotonous stuff going on, nothing much to note, uh, other than occasional ballot challenging. But the next day, next day is where um, I noticed a lot of uh, 
issues. Um, there was a group of people uh, who were like agitators who were trying to get uh, GOP people in trouble. And uh, from my skin color, everybody assumes that I'm a Democrat. And uh, so they just kind of come to me. Well, and lady, uh, one of the ladies. Statistically, that's true, right? And that's why the Democrats are part of this thing of opening up the borders, because like 98% of uh, of uh, people that come from the second and third world, they vote uh, they vote Democrat, they vote left, right? Because, and that's why that's the new voter base, and, and that's just how it goes, right? <clears throat> break, break the mold of them. Singing that let's get, let's get these MFs out. And I'm like, MFs who? Like, because uh, she thought I was a Democrat. Then uh, when I pulled out my tag, she looked at me and she's like, you're on the wrong side. I'm like... Yeah, you're in the wrong. That's right. She actually says something about uh, how they charged white men here. It's interesting. How can you say I'm on the wrong side? I pick whoever I want, right? Because this is a free country. But um, then uh, I noticed that more, she, they were going and getting all the white male Republicans out by, you know, just kind of sheer intimidation, you know, just saying, oh, you're mask flipped. You're going to get people killed, like you heard from so many other people. And uh, then what I did was uh, I got trained by two, both the MIGOP and Election Integrity Fund. So I went to Tim Griffin of Election Integrity Fund and I said, can I have my nonpartisan um, uh, credentials? And then when I got that badge on, everything changed. Like people just looked at me differently. I was <laughs> looked at with, with a lot of hostility when I had the GOP tag. And yeah. now that I have a nonpartisan tag, I was respected at the counting boards. I was respected by the Democrats and the ACLU. And in fact, I was able to even help some of the GOP people from being escorted out by putting myself there and asking why they were even being escorted out and arguing with these people. Um, but the whole uh, environment was so hostile and condescending. Um, and a lot of people have um, talked about the, you know, the ballots that were not in the poll book or the system. And I was at a table which had a full stack of uh, this file which said not in EPB slash S, which is poll book or system. They were scanning and manually entering them, and the signatures on those um, sleeves were exactly alike, like a bar graph. And then uh, they were sequential ballot numbers. They started from 2232, and sequence was something that threw me off. I'm like, how does that happen? And most of those people were from the guarded street, and uh, they were being entered manually. So those were the observations that I had. I had all the details, the last names and everything. I gave the affidavit to the Election Integrity Fund. Um, the, the thing that bothered me was that when every time a GOP challenger was being escorted out, all the poll workers, Democrats, and everybody else um, were cheering. And that was very disappointing because these people were just doing their job. They were not attacking. They were not there with guns. They were just volunteering their time, and they were treated with utmost disrespect. Of course. Thank you for your time, your testimony. Um, could you briefly go back? to just a few seconds ago, you mentioned how you saw some ballots that were sequential, mm -hmm. and then you described them somehow, and I, I missed the phrase that you used. Um, they where, were where they came from, I think you mentioned? Yeah, it was from Goddard Street in uh, Wayne County. Like, oh, you know, Garden the, Street, okay. Yeah, and uh, they all had sequential ballot numbers, okay. and they were being manually alarm. fed into the system. Okay, so thanks, Mac House. Any other members have a question? Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, for look at that. There's uh, the <laughs> you see, you see guys in the protesters outside right there in the window, <clears throat> and the fact that they can they can. Let me, sorry, let me go Any back time. there. Look at that. <laughs> the fact that they can't stand or or that supported. It's, it's an American flag there, I guess. Okay, all right. That's is that a MAGA hat? Okay, okay, good. <laughs> Those people at least. I thought that they were protesting like that. They're daring to question 
the results or, or something like that. But maybe that's uh, people at least that are uh, seeking the, the truth in this matter. Now, here the one of the last ones here, uh, this one is uh, witnesses say 50 boxes of ballots arriving in a white van to Michigan Election Center. Uh, and these were protest, uh, processed after the uh, deadline. Check this out. Uh, I'm a registered voter and a credentialed uh, poll challenger in the state of Michigan. Um, I was a GOP poll challenger at the TCF Center Absentee Voter Counting Board in Detroit, Michigan uh, on election night Tuesday from uh, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. I was there at uh, approximately 3 to 3.30 a.m., and I saw the huge dump of ballots that were uh, delivered to the counting hall. I noticed that the uh, city of Detroit clerk's office, uh, had there was their emblem on the white van that showed up with the ballots. Uh, Janice Winfrey's name was on there and a number, presumably, uh, for Janice Winfrey's office. Uh, I estimated that it was over uh, 50 boxes that I counted, and I estimate that up to 1,000 could have been fit in each box, uh, large boxes. Uh, there was no chain of custody. There was no accountability. There was no transparency. Nobody knew where these ballots had been. Uh, they say it had to be turned in at 8 p.m., uh, they showed up at approximately 3.30 a.m. So seven, seven and a half hours is a, lot, a long time for these ballots to be kind of in limbo, not with anyone uh, knowing where they are. Uh, there have been no answers up to this point, and whistleblowers are being intimidated. Uh, there is a here. campaign of terror that is being instituted. Now, look, keep this in mind, what he says right here, because we can look in another clip where all the, the bullshit has started on the other side, where the people who are doing the fraud uh, are now claiming that they're like being intimidated and and they have their lives threatened and it's like okay you you you're bringing this up now but anyway we'll get to that remember this what he said here right because this is <clears throat> this has been happening there's another reason why some people are not <clears throat> you know uh lining up to say what they've uh, what they've seen uh they basically like you, you would have to enter some of these programs uh, and some of these people in like a witness protection program or something uh, because there's uh, so much pressure on, on, you know, someone's face all of a sudden shows up on TV and these people are getting doxxed, they're harassed, they, they're, they have their lives ruined for daring to speak up about the, the fraud and the bullshit that they've seen with this election. By people such as Attorney General Dana Nessel to coerce public officials into certifying the vote and rubber stamping this insanity as quickly as possible. Keep in mind that you could not videotape at TCF. It was strictly prohibited, potentially a criminal act. That's why all of these sworn affidavits, there's hundreds and hundreds of them, are so important because they are the key proof that severe impropriety took place in Detroit on election night. So all we want is a proper, thorough, independent investigation into what the hundreds of whistleblowers are coming forth and saying with a forensic audit of all the suspicious ballots. We know uh, what these investigations would yield, and we suspect that the interests desperately trying to obstruct the investigations, I think we know what, what I think they know what would be found as well. So I, I implore you to do the right thing, and you know, for your country, for your family, for your conscience, and stop this fraud. Thanks. There you go. Yeah, good stuff. All right. So check this one out here. This is one of the last things we'll do, and then we'll wrap up. And it's getting late here too, but I appreciate everyone uh, hanging in with us here. Watching some of this uh, bullshit, if you're joining us late, of course, we did cover the CNN tapes in the beginning. Uh, kind of the majority of what's out so far. We'll continue monitoring this. If there's new stuff tomorrow, we'll cover that in the no-go zone. That's live at 5 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Central European time. 
Uh, that's coming up. We'll talk more about some of the stuff that we have up in the archives in a moment here. Uh, but check out this. So this is the, the other side now pushing back. Switching over to Georgia again here. Um, Brendan Keefe. Uh, I guess we can just listen to this, right? Talking about how uh, do, uh, Dominion Tech's life was threatened with a noose. Here we go. With, <laughs> with the, it's this more Smollett bullshit or like, uh, what was that again? The noose car. Um, what was his name again? I forget his name there. But yeah, the... the uh, oh, God. We had that. Uh, I used it in one of the recent uh, uh, videos that Lana uh, had up there. <clears throat> they're they're bringing this bullshit out again, right? That the, oh, this poor poor them. They're being threatened now. That's the problem, right? Remember the Eric Eric Coomer and all these people of Dominion, all this bullshit, like completely biased, like Antifa supporters. Baba, that's right. Thank you, Real Lightfoot. Baba Wallace, Ursa Major. Thank you for that. That's right, Baba Wallace. So this is some Baba Wallace-esque uh, tier <laughs> just bullshit coming out of uh, Georgia. There's the Secretary of State, uh, I guess, mentioning this. Listen to this here. It's all gone too far. All of it. Joe DeGeneva today asked for... And note here, too, the microphones. What are some of the companies that are there, right? CBS, CNN, Fox News, in these other hearings, there's there's no mainstream media there. It's right side broadcasting, OAN, uh, NTD, I think it is, which is basically, isn't that like chi like China's? Uh, it's like a, a China critical channel or something. Is it, I've seen them on YouTube a couple of times. I think it's NTD. I think one of the clips actually that we showed. Uh, what's from there. Maybe someone has clarity in terms of what they are from, but if I'm not mistaken, I think it was NTD. But anyway, so notice that. They're all there, right? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it was new, yeah, Newsmax, I think I've covered this too. Someone said in chat, uh, thank you, Smokey, uh, or Soki. So you know what they'll be reporting on. So again, you know what the narrative is. Now they'll listen to this guy. The other side, it's dangerous. They shouldn't be allowed uh, to talk about this. It will lead to violence against people who totally doesn't deserve it, and uh, therefore this has to be shut down, uh, and, and basically uh, people should be censored. They shouldn't be allowed to have these kinds of election uh, voter fraud hearings because it, it's, it's, it could cause trouble for these people, right? For Chris Krebs, a patriot who ran CISA, to be shot. A 20-something tech in Gwinnett County today has death threats and a noose put out saying he should be hung for treason because he was transferring a report on batches from an EMS to a county computer so he could read it. It has to stop. Oh, it's serious now? Mr. President, you have not condemned these actions or this language. Yeah, see, so it's, here we go again with all this bullshit, right? I think this is, a, this is phase two beginning. Once they have Trump removed from office, he's going to be criminally prosecuted and he's going to be tried for like treat. They, they basically want to kill Trump once they get him out of the White House. And if not, they want to have him life in prison for all the harm that he's cost America, right? Senators, you have not condemned this language or these actions. This has to stop. We need you to step up. And if you're going to take a position of leadership, show some. My boss, Secretary Raffensperger, his address is out there. They have people doing caravans in their house. They've had people... Oh, the, oh, poor man, it's happening to you now. Huh? Now you know how it feels like, right? I mean, I, I don't think it's right, obviously not. 
But this bullshit has been going on for, for years against people who have different thoughts or dissenting views or think differently than the establishment, all this fucking Antifa bullshit, doxing people and all that shit. This is, and again, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying this, but like now they're real. Oh, so now it's happening to you. Now it's a problem. Now we have to stop it. Now we have to somehow control social media. Yeah, well, other people's addresses can, can be up on Twitter for days before they decide to act on something, right? Come onto their property. Trisha, his wife of 40 years, is getting sexualized threats through her cell phone. Se I'm sorry, what? Sexualized threats? <laughs> can, we, can, we get a, can we get some more insight into that? Sounds uh, salacious, sir. They have people doing caravans around their house. They've had people come onto their property. Trisha, his wife of 40 years, is getting sexualized threats through her cell phone. It has to stop. All right, well, what you haven't, there hasn't been a concerted effort by anybody in the establishment to try to ease uh, t tensions and relations in, in this country for a few decades, right? Now, as soon as there's, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying, I'm saying that it's right, but when there is people then finally push back or they're sick and tired of the obviousness of, of, of what they're seeing, the, you know, then something needs to be done, but it's the same fucking thing every time. This is elections. This is the backbone of democracy, and all of you who have not said a damn word. Well, if but if you if your side doesn't investigate and look into these claims, this will just continue. There's one simple way. There's one simple way to diffuse this situation, and that's basically to allow an audit of the votes. Let them do investigations. Let them do forensics on the voting machines. Let's clear all this up and not be in a situation where 73 at least million Americans are going to be forever doubting if Biden pulls this off that Biden is the legitimate president. There's what let do an honest, truthful investigation into this. Truth fears no investigation. That's all you have to do. Look into it, make sure that it's right in the open, clear that the claims that have been presented so far are investigated thoroughly, properly. Don't cover this shit up. Do it right. And maybe, maybe, sure, some will never believe it, even if it turns out to be, you know, true or not, whatever. I, I think there will be evidence of, of voter fraud if that is done. And that's why they don't want to have it done. And that's why they're doing bullshit like this. It has to stop. You have to stop questioning things because people's lives are in danger now on our side. Are complicit in this. I can't begin to explain the level of anger I have right now over this. And every American, every Georgian, Republican and Democrat alike should have that same level of anger. <laughs> Mr. President, it looks like you likely lost the state of Georgia. Aggression We're investigating. Gesturing. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you yeah, but do it right then. Don't do haven't Georgia gone on to validate the uh, certify the election? Didn't they do that? L let me know if I'm wrong, chat. But I think that they are just basically you lost again because they counted, they recounted the fake ballots. They didn't take uh, the honest investigation, uh, or the they didn't do an honest investigation of or, or the, the claims right that that. Well, the machines will leave this audit. It will show the same bullshit. They have. They had to be done in a specific way. I forget exactly how the how they would do that. But technically, there's a way that you can like kind of audit the machines and 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 do forensics on them and make sure that that it's done right. Uh, but they they didn't do that. They just recounted all the fake votes again, uh, all the fake votes again, and so then they got the same bullshit results, right? And then they certified, if I'm correct, uh, on that. We're investigating. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you don't have the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, 
is stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Thanks. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. The, dude, this is all, this has already happened. This is in full swing. Have you not been paying attention? Like Reynold just shoot Trump supporters right in the open street. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse would be dead today if he didn't defend himself on the streets of, of Kenosha, Wisconsin. This is like, the, you're late to the party here, dude. Yeah, so, so Trump said this here. Uh, rigged election, show signatures and envelopes exposed to massive voter fraud in Georgia. What is Secretary of State and Brian Kemp afraid of? They know what we'll find. And I think he's right. And then it's like, this claim has been disputed. Um, so yeah, so they're trying to they're trying to push back against this. Lauren Witzke said this too. Meanwhile, innocent witnesses are losing their jobs, getting beat up, and ending up in hospital for coming out and exposing the election fraud. All while weak elected officials sell them out and refuse to stand up for us. Who will fight for these people? Ryan Kemp, weak. Uh, absolutely true. Is it Ryan Kemp? Get, uh, Brian Kemp? Ryan Kemp? Anyway, whatever. All right. <clears throat> Um, all right, I think I think that's it, folks. I think that's what we have for uh, tonight. I'm going to wrap up, getting a bit late here, but uh, thank you for staying with us here tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, if you're joining us later on in the archives, uh, shout out to you guys. Whether you're watching on Red Ice TV or RedIceMembers.com, special shout out to our members. Uh, if you have been a member with us before, definitely make sure that you renew because if you had a automatic recurring subscription, that will fail due to the fact that we're in between processor. We're looking for new options. Uh, it's very hard. It's very difficult. Options are closing, but we have other options. So we want you guys to head on over to RedEyesMembers.com, sign up for a membership so we can continue. We You can do it through Entropy Stream. You can use Subscribestar, simply Subscribestar.com forward slash RedEyes. Uh, very simple way. That's a great way of having things recurring. Uh, you can either have an account there first or get an account there first and then you uh, you, you uh, sign up there and then you just shoot us an email and let us know that you've signed up. We also go in regularly and check the messages there. You can send a message there and then we'll just uh, connect and activate your account immediately on redusmembers.com. Uh, there's a couple of other methods too, of course, that we have in, in the pipeline. The Cash App is good. Uh, that's working right now. We have an e-check option, like an ACH thing. Uh, that's very secure. Uh, we're checking into if it's uh, definitely uh, available for the U.S. audience. Now, the company claimed that it's also Canada, but someone in Canada said that they couldn't do it. So we're looking into that. Uh, but definitely U.S., that wor works great. Uh, of course, you can use crypto, any basically virtually any, uh, any currency. Uh, if we don't have the address listed on our website, uh, just shoot us an email, redeyes at protonmail.com. Let us know what you would like to uh, pay with and we'll send you an address for that as well you can also of course use our po box uh, to use uh, check or cash uh, in the mail whatever you prefer whatever works best for you but we do need your support we need to get recurring uh, subscribers back into our system to continue to renew so that we can uh, keep the lights on around here it's very important redeyesmembers.com best way to support us all right thank you guys we're going to uh, let me open the uh, chest here as well uh, before we say bye for tonight um, but yeah, a lot of important stuff. A lot of things are going on. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. Never, never disappoints, uh, ladies and gentlemen. 2020 still delivers uh, after uh, almost right at the end, end here now of uh, December. I, 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 now, December is going to be, it, it's going to be shaky. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I do not rule out Trump yet. I do not rule out that he somehow pulls this off. Uh, windows are, wind, the window is closing uh, heads up, by the way, I'll open the DLive chest here, too, so the rewards uh, are being distributed right now. But yeah, there's still uh, stuff that could happen. Do not rule uh, this out. And of course, if it does end up somehow 
being delayed or, or there's a constitutional path for Trump uh, to get in. Uh, the, the level of spurgery and violence and just sheer uh, uh, seething campaign of terror that will be initiated, it's like nothing you've seen before. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll continue to watch the um, the both the election fraud as hearings are presented, but also in junction, of course, with the COVID or uh, coronavirus bullshit that we've seen uh, as well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, uh, right now at redashmembers.com, check out problems with young liberal people today. One of Lana's latest videos that's up there, exclusive for you guys from members. We have more exclusive members content coming as well. We're going to do some scre- uh, streams, uh, going to do some call-in shows uh, just for you guys, just for members, uh, and a couple other things we have in the in the pipeline as well. But yeah, uh, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. We'll be back again, as I said, tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Central European time. Make sure you uh, don't miss that. No go zone. There'll be some good stuff coming up on this. Uh, we'll continue to watching the CNN tapes. I think there will be more coming by tomorrow, so we'll watch that as well. Uh, right, uh, uh, top five here on DLive, uh, luckiest followers. Number one, Karav Kake. Number uh, two, Ninja Warrior. That's uh, Mr. Nosberg. Shout out to Mr. Nosberg, by the way. Uh, had a forced change name by the DLive crew. Uh, Dixon Uranus, number three. Uh, and that I have to zoom in on because I can't see that. Not, 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 uh, I'm sorry, not a werewolf, I think it is. Not a werewolf. <laughs> uh, I think it is. Not a werewolf. Anyway, not a werewolf, I think it is. Anyway, thank you uh, to you. And Hari Seldon is number five. So thank you to you guys um, for uh, your support over on DLive. Shout out to uh, Pyrrhus777 as well for that ninja. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Uh, can't do this without you guys. Can't do this without your support. So we really appreciate it. All right, boys and girls, uh, I think that's it. We're going to wrap up here. And, of course, as I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Then, of course, we have more videos by Lana and myself coming. Uh, Flashback Friday on Friday, as usual. Until then, take care, everybody. Stay safe. also saw a to- a diamond from Total Freedom. Thank you for that. Master Cylinder, a diamond as well. Exit 2. Thank you for that. Uh, Raiden X with a diamond says, keep it up. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, boys and girls, see you guys tomorrow. Take care, sleep tight, and uh, keep fighting. We'll be back soon. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like Red Ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.